This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Nextlander podcast. Whether they be games, demos, movies of games, movies of demos, demos of movies, games of demos. We are here to cover them all, Alex Navarro. I don't even know what to do with that. We cover it. That's what we do. If it goes out there and somebody says it's interactive, we are there to interact with it. That is our lot in life. We are born and bred for this. Brad Shoemaker. A lifetime of clicking and interacting. How do you feel? I only traffic in movies of demos at this point. Movies of demos. Fairlight dot system dot shock dot divix dot dot xx420. Uh-huh. 69. Came on your uh, PC Gamer CD and... uh, Buried in there. But you gotta go way deep in there. They didn't want you to see that movie. Uh... We're talking, of course, the Steam Steam Next Fest. Yeah, Steam Next, Next Fest. Fest. Um, has officially ended, but um, you can still get them demos. Let me just tell you. Some of them are still out there. <laughs> you can still you want to play a demo. You, you know the still, right guy. You can find him. 
you can still get yourself a demo. Uh, we are going to talk about some of that later on when we talk about games, as well as some of the stuff from Nintendo's Direct during the news, and maybe during the games as well. Before we get to that, happy February 15th, the day we're recording this, to both of you. Um, I I didn't realize that maybe I should have realized, but Valentine's Day in the school system here is akin to trick-or-treat at this point, where, boy, the kids certainly came home with a bag full of candy uh i feel like it all just those weird chalky heart candies no there were like bags of kit kats and reese's pieces ah yes the candy of love (laughs) kit kat Uh uh-huh well there's two maybe it's It's more more of a it's actually more of a candy candy of of separation yeah (laughs) divorce yeah yeah um so yeah they i could kind of couldn't believe it and uh maybe i should have uh just assumed i feel like those perforated my my school Valentine's was like those perforated tearaway cards that that came in a sheet and you had to tear yes. them all off and had like a Smurf on it and it said you got I like twenty five of them they were all yeah. basically the same joke but slight variations on them yes exactly and and then you kind of wrote somebody's name on the back and then you, you give you, the worst joke to the worst kid you know <laughs> and then like it just kind of create a tearing system beyond that yeah right as much as they tried to equalize everything where everybody gets one oh you knew when you got the I bad choo one. choo choose you you're there the one you I hate. Uh-huh. Um yeah, Valentine's Day, a weird holiday. Yeah. It's over. It's over now. It's We've survived what, another one. I don't know, it's weirder the, the like the Valentine's Day or the anti-Valentine's Day holidays. Like both of them seem equally weird to me. Like what do you mean the, by uh, anti-Valentine's Day holidays? Like, hey, we're all getting together to not celebrate Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? Like this That's is That's every this other is the, day of the year. <laughs> the explicitly like loners like uh, uh fuck love fuck love and we're getting together where do to i get the fuck love tell me about <laughs> this uh it's a real high tier on the patreon mm. uh let me tell you okay you know you know what i mean i like, know uh, what you mean like the black hearts parties of the world the kind of um uh down down with romantic uh down with listen i'm not up with like flowers for valentine's day necessarily but I'm also not down with the burn Valentine's burn it all Day. Down. Eh, I'm probably more on that side than I am on the other side. I don't know. Valentine's Day I've always traditionally found kind of weird. I that, think it's that, that that flower shop around here just closed. So you did it. Yep. Finally, my Finally. campaign worked. They're gone. I don't know. Like I, I'm not pro Valentine's Day, but I also don't think I need to build an ideology around it. I'm kind of just like that's cool. I just don't celebrate it. That's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. Is, that, is what you're describing anything like the what is the term for the Thanksgiving where people get together with their friends if they don't have family around Friendsgiving? Is there is there a Canadian fr- Thanksgiving friend in times day? I feel like Friends Thanksgiving is more along the lines of Thanksgiving. Like it's like a, I feel like that's that is Thanksgiving. Like friends and family for Thanksgiving. I feel like you would have to fast on Thanksgiving to be on the opposite end and be like. Hey, I'm going to uh, not celebrate this kind of maybe troubled holiday, and I'm going to fast instead. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's over. We're past another one. The commercialization of every single day along the U.S. calendar continues along. Wasn't Valentine's uh, Day always kind of that, though? I think Valentine's Day has a real tragic, um, dark history. Uh, it, it, I think it's kind of bloody and gross. In, is, this, in, is this is this like when you read about old European Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Lore. 
who was the Krampus of Valentine. Yeah, State. exactly. I think I I want to say there's like it's it's kind of mired in like every other thing, some kind of bloodshed or or something. But maybe, maybe. I'm just confusing that or conflating or that was it with the like, annual stabbing of the heart. Yeah, yeah it's, like are we going to find out that Saint Valentine was way into eating people's hearts or something? Was it Saint Valentine murdered? I don't. I don't are we maybe, canceling Saint Valentine? Is that what he, I'm, I'm getting? Uh, yeah, here. that's what you're getting from okay. me. Aren't there a couple of like Valentine's Day massacres also in history of like mob hits and stuff like that on on Valentine's Day? No, you're shaking your head. You don't uh, know. You know, no, I refuse not... to comment in the Italian American community in any way, shape, or form. So. <laughs> not anymore. You've gotten into too anymore. much trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chicago's North Side Gang. Uh huh. 1929. Uh huh. Oh wow! Seven Coming members. up on a hundred year anniversary. <laughs> Seven members of the North Side Gang in Chicago. Is that a Valentine's Day massacre? Yes. Okay. The the Valentine's I, Day massacre. I believe so. Okay. Nope. Nope. Oh, Actually, oh. no. Okay. This page is titled the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but then right under it, for other uses, see St. Valentine's Day Massacre Disambiguation. Okay, great. That's the original uh, one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. There there are straight up movies and albums also named that. It's oh, a of course there are. Yeah. I've, I've heard it before, so it means it must be out there floating around in the general thoughtosphere uh, out there. Folks, we are not here to talk about holidays, the, uh, their disambiguation or, or other. The uh, Thinkiverse. The Thinkiverse. Uh, that's only where I absorb information from. The Thinkiverse. Uh, we are here to talk about video games and the news around them. And since we have quite a bit to get through here, including some of those Steam Next Fest demos, I say we jump head first, right? Actually, jump feet first. Never jump head first, just feet first. Right. Actually, don't jump a feet first either. If the if the pool needs to be deep enough, which this month I think the I think the water is deep enough, we can probably at least from twenty feet up safely jump right in. Feet first. You want to you want to go in like parallel to the water? Just body, just that's, a big, big old just body flat, belly flop. Flatten yourself out. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As much get, belly as possible want, hitting want, the, the surface. As much as much surface contact as you can get. Yeah, you really want it to feel like concrete when you hit that water. Uh, let's jump in there, starting with. Metroid Prime, a goldie, an oldie, mm-hmm. one that people still want to yep. see more of. This is one they play Metro- on the radio next to the fucking BTO and Steely Dance. That's right. <laughs> Metroid Prime Remastered uh-huh. is the product in question. What they is a, The Crazy yeah, Bastards we, did it. We, we, missed that, we missed that Nintendo Direct by like a matter of hours last week when we recorded, and then at that Nintendo Direct, they released a remaster of Metroid Prime. Not only uh, uh, announced and released, they. What's your term again? Uh, announced Shadow and drop is the is the no your term is the term du jour. I don't have a term. Ah, your borrowed giant bomb wiki page I term. I, I think the giant bomb wiki page I think was announced and released on the same day. There you go. Mm-hmm. Announced and released on the same day. Metroid Prime Remastered. What is in this Metroid Prime Remastered package, Brad? Uh, Metroid Prime. <laughs> well, okay, that's not as exciting. Um, um, is it good metroid prime it's pretty awesome okay. i i have not done i meant to go out and see if i could find some good side-by-side comparisons maybe i'll do that as i'm talking here mm-hmm. uh it's pretty solid um i've been dabbling with it a little bit so it's retro studios and some other people that worked on this right uh, yeah I, I haven't looked at the credits i don't think you can pull up the credits from the title screen but i, I, think, I think i Iron saw Galaxy somebody saying like, have touched this i saw i saw somebody like Saying something like ten studios contributed to this remaster Jeez. or something. Okay. Yo, they put dual stick controls in Metroid Prime. Well, they would have to if they were going to put it on a modern controller, I suppose. They just went and did. Oh well, no, that, the original control scheme would work fine. 
and it has mm-hmm. worked fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it also it also has the Wii Metroid Prime trilogy waggle controls, motion controls, oh, motion aiming. Um, this thing defaults to dual stick controls okay. out of the box, no question. Like I figured, I was going to boot it up, and they're going to be like, "Hey, do you want to play this game like you remember it?" <laughs> Which is like, if you haven't played Metroid Prime in a while, it's a weird control scheme for a first person shooter. What does it have? Does it without, toggle the aim? I don't without, remember. Without getting into is that game actually a first-person shooter or not, which some people would say no. But oh, wow. Anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, you, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, what was the original scheme? Yeah, like is it like a Bond-ish thing where you hit well, a, hold yeah, the button so, and I mean, then aim? Remember, the GameCube didn't even have a proper right stick. Like, the yeah. C-stick was not up to the task of being a right stick. Yeah. So move and turn, like walk and turn, are both on the left stick okay. in that game originally. So there's no look unless you stop and hold, I think it's right shoulder. Okay. Then you can stop and look around, but otherwise pushing up moves you forward and left and right turn you. And then, yeah, it's got the, it's got the lock on controls. So I booted this thing up, assuming they'd be like, Hey, do you want to play this thing? Like you remember it? Or do you want to try these optional new dual stick controls we added? But no, it defaults to the dual stick controls. No fanfare. And then you go into the settings and even in the settings, they describe the dual stick controls as the standard control scheme. Okay. Is the language they use. And then, like, all the way on the far right is classic mode, which is the original, which it just it feels very much like even they are just like, hey, okay, we get it. The world has moved on. This is how shooters play now on a controller. Here you go. And so when you have the dual stick control, the standard control, I assume all the lock on stuff remains in place. You yeah. can just, like, to- yes. snap to a target. It is still in there. Uh, I actually tried without it. I tried going, like, hey, you could just play this like a real first-person shooter now, right? Yeah. And so I tried that. It feels, I don't know, the aiming doesn't feel super-duper precise. You could do it, but you should use the lock-on. How does it feel to be able to run and shoot and look around? It, is, it's awesome. Like, okay. It's, it's, it's <laughs> pretty it cool. It? Not really. Because I have to assume the enemies were designed so that you couldn't do that. You couldn't dodge and shoot at this or like move around and shoot. At yeah, the same I would say even like that first intro sequence with the space pirates, like they, the speed of the projectiles they're shooting at you, like it very much feels like the gameplay is tuned to, hey, you're not going to have to worry about aiming here, positioning, okay. dodging, movement is the actual like place where the skill matters here. All right. Um, it's like target selection. Obviously, you've got to like paint targets to lock onto them, but um. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it breaks anything. There is no like hard mode up front. It's just casual and normal. Okay. So it's just the difficulty for for the moments you might unlock something at the end, I'm not sure. But, so this is this is 40 bucks uh yeah. for the remaster. I assume this is going back to our fantastic deep dive into the world of um remaster, remake, re rejiggered, retouched. This is just this is a graphical Recycle, pass, reuse. a yes. graphical and controller pass. I assume. Yeah, it very much is the original game underneath. It looks really nice though. Like okay. like I said, I need to go out and maybe look and see exactly what they've done. But like in my memory, like the, the lighting looks way better. It looks sharp. Like okay. it just looks something about. I mean, that's this that's Nintendo games though. Like I was about to say, like oh, the art style holds up over generations, <laughs> but they all do. Yeah, like that's just how Nintendo rolls. Is is art that is kind of timeless, but. There's just there's a there's a kind of crisp, clean look to this thing that is like surprisingly effective. It feels like a decent jump over what you know. Like I I have looked at some of the side by side stuff, and while that was a very nice looking GameCube game, I think you can say this is a pretty significant step up. Yeah, 
uh, it holds it up, I would say. But I mean, at the same time, you know, you look at like the geometry is what it is. Yeah. Large, largely like, you know, you're not going to mistake this for a modern game, but it is, you know, it's, it seems like effects, resolution effects, frame rate, stuff like that. Well, the frame rate was always great, but I now have a video in front of me, which I'm going to like quickly scrub through. But like it, 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 it looks like you remember it, but better, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Is how I would put it. Uh, it's really the control scheme, like adding the dual stick controls. And to be clear, there have been other ways to play Metroid Prime in some unconventional ways for a while, but having it just portable on the Switch running really nicely and looking good, like it's one of the best games ever made. It's a nice way to preserve this thing, I think. Too bad they didn't credit the people that made it happen in the first place. Wait, what does that mean? Which has been a minor hubbub. Yeah, the credits uh, don't include anyone from the none, original dev team. None of the original credits are in the credits for this thing. Wait, how is that possible? There's there's like a very brief splash screen that just says, like, based on the work of the original Metroid Prime team. Or oh, that's like that. gnarly. And, and none other than Dave Zoid Kirsch, the inventor of Capture the Flag, uh, who worked on who worked on this game at Retro, got out there saying, like, hey, this is a real bummer. Yeah, why would you do that? Um... Because it's, crediting in video games is already a nightmare, and yeah. like for stuff like this, where they they definitely have to run a very long credits t- t- thing for all the people that worked on this particular version. Usually, they will just say, "Okay, well, we're gonna cut out wherever we can, whatever we're legally allowed to cut out." And in this case, yeah. it seems like that's what they did. Yeah, that's a real bummer. Like I've like people will say like, well, you don't want the credits to be 20 minutes long, but I have fully come around to the argument that credits are for the people in the credits, not the consumer. Yeah. Or, also, or, you can add a like, fast forward option or yes, something. Right. Just add yeah, the scroll option. Yeah. Like yeah. The, uh, the credits are, yeah, the credits are a nightmare. Everybody's plays a Sony first party game. You're going to sit there for half the length of that game in a credits role yeah. at yeah. this point. I mean, they'll put, they'll put seven teams of marketing in there and first party stuff in there. You're not going to put the people who made the game. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Listen, like it's, that it's Nintendo also, legal team made this game. <laughs> that's right. It's also been a good reminder going back to it of just how like improbably amazing this game was. I mean, mm. like, yes and no. I mean, it's not Nintendo was not in the habit of shipping crap. Like, you know, you can kind of assume a baseline level of quality from Nintendo over the course of their decades or whatever. But like still when they came out and said like, Hey, a Western studio is making a first person shooter Metroid. Like, remember the skepticism? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it came out and it was just like, Holy shit. It's very good game. It's like, man, they like really defied the odds on this one. Uh, in what they did. And then, so yeah, for, for none of the people who made that happen to be in the credits, not cool. Appreciate it. Yeah. Not cool. I will say I fell off of the Prime series by three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was done. A two, I two. I was still in. I don't in. even think I got that far into two. I I reviewed two. I remember. <laughs> it was kind of a bellwether to me when two came out. Of like, how much are people going to care about more Prime games that I got assigned the review for that? <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. If the Prime games were truly going to matter going forward somebody else probably would have taken this review before it got to me but anyway my, my um, memory of one is a very good game but i was kind of exhausted of scanning by the end of it yes and then yeah. and, and then two was like oh my gosh i have to scan everything again to the point where when three came out i was like i can't i don't have it in me i don't have it in me 
I can't scan. Yeah, anymore. I don't know, man. I love first person scanning, but I guess I kind of know what you mean. Like they make you scan stuff to activate like elevator. Like I re- it was reminded playing this, like you have to scan things just to turn an elevator on and stuff like that. There's a lot of scanning. Like like for lore, it's fine. That's optional, but for like straight up switches to be that way, I don't know. Uh, um, but yeah, I, it's, I, it's fantastic. I can't wait until my kids yeah. get to play it. I I have to say. Um, looking at the side by side stuff, it is a pretty substantial graphical upgrade, actually. Uh, texture work, like foliage stuff. Okay. Lighting, all kinds of stuff. New skybox. Yeah, I mean, look, just, say what you will about the current Switch hardware and its agingness. I like, will. If you, if you, okay, what, what will you say? I don't like it. I wish this were on another platform. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I feel like when the right people get a hold of that hardware and know how to use it, you can still turn out some pretty good looking stuff in it. Yeah. This, I mean, it, it runs super smooth and yes, they have done significant graphical work to this thing. It, it's one of those weird cases where I played it and I was just like, Oh yeah, this is what I remember this game looking like. And then you go back and look at what it actually looked like. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, I'll tell what you what like now is how I remember it. Not how it actually was. Uh, let's see someday. I mean, this might not even involve the switch when Metroid prime four comes out, how well it runs on let's say the switch or beyond i don't know when that game is coming out so i don't know if it's ever coming out what you don't think this is prime in the pump for some metroid prime 4 that's definitely how one pump okay priming the pump one would be inclined to read this release that way if it weren't for you know (laughs) waves hands everything around metroid prime 4 yeah this uh, you think they'll do two and three? I guess I, it'll depend on this this one. They're all the same engine, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there were upgrades. Yeah, you know, you you wouldn't you wouldn't. I mean, but also like looking at the amount of straight up new assets, like texture work and stuff in this, mm. like this is not insubstantial. Sure. And I wonder if those games are popular enough to warrant <laughs> it. Maybe, but I would I would guess no. I was kind of hoping this would be a collection, honestly, of just yeah. have all three in one spot, but um. Yeah, pe- yeah, people have been waiting for them to just bring that that trilogy collection from the Wii over to the Switch for oh, a very long time. about that collection. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like I said, that's where the motion controls in this come from. It straight up says when you pick them, it's like, hey, like the Wii trilogy. <laughs> okay. Here are these motion controls. Uh, um, yeah, that'd be nice. But it's cool is, they did this. Yeah, 40 bucks? Yeah. Uh, available now. The Metroid Prime Remaster. Uh, it'd be nice if we got the at least two and three within a couple of years, and then four maybe within the next five years. What is going to happen with the Switch? It's a good question, but <laughs> it's this, this, this thing dropping the way it did does have a little bit of the flavor of that'll hold those little SOBs <laughs> until we get to four. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I don't know. I Maybe it won't, but I'm just saying it just feels like a gesture of like, hey, we haven't forgotten about you. We're still making that game. Here's this for now yeah i mean like all the talk out of analyst circles is that does do not expect a new switch this year or even news about one um which i don't know like Look. the switch release proves they're willing to release a console just fucking whenever because that thing came out in march we actually are like what three weeks shy of the switch hitting six years old i think i believe six that's correct like okay. first week of march i believe it was point being like there could be a switch to in February or March of next year. It could be maybe a year away and not a year and a half like holiday 24, but still. So we've got to be a while. 
we're we're gonna have two. Well, let's say all right. Call them what you. Will. I'll let you guys be the uh, uh, arbiters of whether this is a fair assessment. We'll have okay. two mainline Zelda games on the Switch, right? Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna count this coming up one as a mainline run, right? Oh, okay. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we'll have. Would you count this remaster as a as a Metroid game, or is Dread the only Metroid game you'd count for the Switch right now? Like like new Metroid? Like I don't know, like Metroid game releases. This is, this is I don't know. This is like a love letter slash historical preservation. So you'd have one point like, five Metroid releases kinda, on the, on the yeah, Switch so sure. far. There's there's yeah. there are rumors there's rumors that Mercury Steam is working on a Dread follow up. Okay, also, I'm always. I'm always a little hesitant to call something that is a remaster a historical preservation object because it's not necessarily the thing that they originally made. I mean, obviously, in content, this thing is pretty much just that game, but like, yeah. they are well, they did do work. They did make changes oh, for, yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I I would argue that the control scheme update makes it more playable in 2023. Yeah. Like, I would also say this is much more a Metroid game on the Switch than like if they had just put that trilogy from the Wii like out on the yes. Switch. Yeah, I, I so I can't say because they default you to the dual stick. I can't say if I would have had this reaction if I had just played it classic style from the beginning. Hmm. But going from dual stick to the original style, kind of you know how the way like if you're playing in frame rate mode and then you switch to lower hmm. frame rate, like in the moment, it's very jarring. It was extremely that. It was it was like. Ah, this is unplayable. I can't do this. Like, I can't. It's hard to walk in a straight line without accidentally turning a little bit because it's all on the same stick. Like, games are not supposed to work this way. So, no, and they don't so like, anymore. So, yeah, adding, adding that control scheme was huge, I think, just for the kind of cont- ongoing playability of, of a classic, I would say. Um, so I'll, we'll get to this a little later, but um, we got our Pikmin coming up. We got our Metroid. We got our, our two Zeldas. We got a mainline Mario that kind of came out with the, the Switch here. Probably not a, another. I'm trying to see. Is it time? Is it time to put the Switch down? Have we hit all the franchises? Uh, Nintendo Kirby, would absolutely say it is not. Kirby is there. Kirby's, there. Uh, Kirby's then, always there. Kirby's there four <laughs> times a year. Yeah, Kirby. Kirby will show up for anything. He cannot be oh, stopped. Uh, who's gotta, missing? Uh, just, Smash just Brothers. Feed, just gotta feed that guy, man. Just make sure the craft services are there, and Kirby will show. Uh, a Smash um, Brothers on the Switch. Yeah, like, they, yeah is yeah, anybody Smash missing? They, uh, I mean, they never did a new Mario Kart. Oh, but, but oh, considering yeah. how few people bought a Wii U. Yeah, eight eight might as well. Have also, the battle pass or season pass came out. That's like a lot of stuff. They are Mario putting Kart. like forty new courses into yeah. that game, basically. So I and it sounds like on the next wave they're adding a new character in Birdo. So I'm like, okay, they they did enough work on this thing. So I'm gonna say retroactively, this is now a Switch game. Uh, Splatoon, we got uh, two Splatoon, two Splatoon. <laughs> I'll call that one point five. Uh, two and uh, three are are Switch games, straight okay. up. Okay, all right. Um. Yeah, I feel like Nintendo's like we're starting to double up now. On, no Kid on, Icarus. Yeah. No new Hogan's Alley. No. What's the one where the arms extend with the boxing? Arms. Was that called arms? It was literally arms. called arms. Oh, okay. No arms. That will not be coming back. I don't okay. think arms will be making another appearance. No, uh, arms was not the esport everyone hoped it would be. Although, hang on, wasn't something going on with one two switch? There's always oh. something going on with one two switch, I assume. Uh, one two switch. Did one, that ever actually two. get announced or was that just rumored? That's I think just, that may I, have just been it's rumored. It's still it's still just rumored that okay. I don't know anything ever actually but st- <laughs> 
some sites have reported that a one two switch sequel is coming, which uh okay. Three switch, four switch, ha <laughs> ha ha. Uh yeah, I think I think we're at this switch so far. In terms of releases, it's been if you are looking for first party Nintendo releases, the Switch has got I, your back. It's kind of the only place you can go officially. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess also officially since- there are some other places. There are some websites <laughs> I can tell you about, but otherwise, that's really your only place to go. So the the 3DS and 2DS line is they're not. There's no active first party. No, those, no, no, that's those, gone. Those right. went out of production. So it is the Switch or bust at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah, it has been okay. for at least a couple few years now. Yeah. So I get listen. Still, a, still a heavy hitter in that regard. Um. I'm looking forward to that new Zelda, uh, even though we'll get to it later in the news. That trailer did not a lot for me. Uh, all right. Should we leave uh, the Prime remaster here for now? We'll take a quick break, come back, talk about some other stuff? Yeah. When we come back, maybe Metroid Prime 4 will be back. Be out. Maybe we'll have no. news. No, no, probably no. not. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we are back and... Brad, just tell me what's going on with Theatrhythm. 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 Oh, you mean Theatrhythm. Uh, there that's exa- we go. exactly um, what I meant. Theatrhythm. I dabbled with the Prime remaster. Uh-huh. I am still making my way through Dead Space. Yes. I had intended to play more Hi-Fi Rush, and I still will. Mm-hmm. But somehow theater rhythm is what has been taking all of my time Theater rhythm final bar line they made a new theater rhythm it kind of rules explain to the fine folks what a theater rhythm is it is a final fantasy fan service rhythm game (laughs) and they started on the 3ds uh, like a decade ago um they made a second one that i don't i don't think i ever played the second one on 3ds and then i I, i'd forgotten they also made a dragon quest theater rhythm at some point 
It's a great word. Yeah. The- and there's no E in there, to be clear. Nope. Again, it's theatrhythm. <laughs> yep. Theatrhythm. Uh, it's, it's, man. We, well, I started to say we should stream this game. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit fraught, let's say. As with all musical-oriented video games. In, in, a, in a live setting. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, there, there, there is messaging in there about streaming, and I can't remember how detailed it is in the game. I also got some extra messaging from the publisher about, like, here are the songs you definitely shouldn't stream if you want this to go well. But anyway, we will check it out. It's bananas. Um, so so how does the um how does the mechanic of hitting the rhythm work? It's it's similar to the 3DS game although that was all touch based, I believe, and I'm playing this I'm playing the PS4 version of this. There is a Switch version and it might as it might also have touch controls, I am not sure. Okay. But it is a left to right note highway, are we still using that term? Yeah. Okay. Or yeah, so left to right, it, it basically approximates like the side view battles of the sixteen, the eight and sixteen bit Final Fantasies. Okay, you've got a party on one side; they're fighting monsters on the other. I don't remember how deep this was in the 3DS game, but you are building a party here, and they are leveling up, and you are setting their abilities and summons, and your airship. I already they- unlocked. I already unlocked the big whale, so this is probably the game of the year. So, are the characters you're you're gathering Final Fantasy? Roster characters? Yeah, you, so, okay. again, it's been a, a, at least a decade since I played the 3S version. I don't remember if they did it this way there, but you literally are playing through individual games in this. That's how oh, it starts wow. out. Okay. And it's basically all of them. Jeez. I mean, it's like it's like 14 songs per game, so it's not a huge commitment. Um, but it's weird because they're all locked at the beginning, and they only let you unlock one game. So you have to kind oh, of wow. decide which one you want to start with and then play a bunch of it before you can basically... Every time you get about a third of the way through one game, you get a key that'll let you unlock another game. I thought we got past this with rhythm <laughs> games. I thought Guitar Hero and Rock Band established that people actually just want all the songs at the beginning and fuck yeah. your progression. Yeah, sure. I guess. Yes. But I don't know. This feels a little... I uh, started to say dated or antiquated in some ways. That's maybe a little harsh. But like, for example, there is no latency calibration tool that I have been able to find. Oh, there is a slider in the options that just lets you make the timing tighter or looser or like move <laughs> okay. it move it up or back, I believe is how that works. I haven't touched right. the slider yet, but there is no straight up just tap to the rhythm to set your latency that I've been able to find, which is like kind of an omission in That's a game choice. of this nature. Um, but uh, the unlocking is not that big a deal. Like it's probably a 20 minute commitment. Which maybe, did you start with? Maybe half an hour. So the... <laughs> Fucking Final Fantasy VII dominance continues. There are three different game slots for seven in this game. What does every that other, mean? Every other game only gets one. Like so th- three different sections. They call it. They call it like series. What do they call it? I'd series something. I'd series rhythm or something. It's it's each game. It's basically like picking games from a menu. It's like here's one through six. Here's seven. Here's seven remake. Uh-huh. Here's all the seven spinoffs. Okay. Right. Okay. Like, there are more unlockable core, bitch. <laughs> Yes, those are in there as well. Of course, of course. Uh, I actually, I can't remember if those are split out or if there. There's a ton of content in this game. Like, yeah. To be clear, there are a shitload of songs. In well, here. they also did just put out that Crisis um, Core like remake. So yeah, yeah. yeah. We were looking but, at it before the show. I think if you go in for that hundred dollar package, you're over five hundred songs all in like yes, between the season is, passes and stuff. To be fair, I believe that is a hundred dollar commitment. It's hundred dollars, yeah. But that's still a lot of songs. 
Not all available um, now, I think, right? Some are coming later in the season. Yeah, season and passes. it's only Final Fantasy out the gate, but they're adding like Nier and I think some Chrono Trigger stuff and some others at some point. The big Square awesome. Enix heavy hitters. Yes, live Alive. Yes. There, there are more. There are also more uh, Final Fantasy VII party members in this game than any other game by a lot. There's like eight of them, and some of the games only get like three. I mean, look, other than, you know, what is it, 16 is the next one coming up here? Yes. Like, seven is the biggest brand they currently have. Oh, going. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I get it. Look, How far does it. it go? How many Final Fantasies it's, are in it? It's, it's everything. I, does it go to I, like 15? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I don't, is I, Crystal I, Chronicles in there? I, I'd have to check. There are a couple of buckets. Ha ha ha. Uh huh. Yes. Crystal Chronicles fans. There are a couple like bucket entries that are some like, you know, multiple games mixed in there or something, and it might be mashed up with those. But like Tactics has its own track. Okay. And by track, I mean like story. You're kind of very loosely playing through the story. Not really. There's no. It's 13 in there. Actually, yes. (laughs) 13 has some of the best goddamn music in all of Final Fantasy. (laughs) I am here to confirm, reaffirm. Are are the original tracks? I assume they are all like orchestrated and no, like, it's all original. Music. It I mean, is all original. Like it's all it's all just straight up lifted off the console. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you, can you choose to have other ones or? Like, I not that I've seen. That's kind of a bummer. I feel like yeah. I'd want I'd want like alternate versions that were <clears throat> the you know they they've done those soundtracks so many times out and played out and the symphonies and the okay so it's all I, the original scores. I think there may be some some alternate stuff you can unlock later. But. Is the opera in there? Uh, so this is my favorite part. Okay. You can sort by difficulty. Uh huh. Six is the most difficult game in the game. They knew I was coming. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Like they, <laughs> they knew who was going to play this game. That's great. They, they saved. They saved the best for last. <laughs> uh, I could have. I haven't unlocked it yet. I could have, but uh, I've done. I finished seven. I went for thirteen and ten and four. I think that's it so far. Okay. But I will keep going. Um, also, I think it's, oh, I didn't even talk about the mechanics. It's, 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 it's that side-scrolling note highway. Mm-hmm. It's crazy complicated because it is, so there are, there are button inputs to time. There are also button inputs to hold. Okay. And the D-pad also counts as buttons. So occasionally you'll be doing two buttons at a time, D-pad and face buttons. But there's also analog stick directions. Oh, boy. And there are ones where you have to hold and ride a, a track up and down yep. on a stick. And they pretty quickly get you like kind of context switching between all these different inputs, like very fast. It's tough. It, mm. it gets pretty tough. That doesn't uh, surprise me. I, f- I remember the original theoretical mash shape being fairly challenging it, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not super easy, but like I actually found, I started doing better when I put it on expert because it, I, I tend to think that rhythm games, like you do better the less time you have to think mm-hmm. like you kind of have to just start going on instincts. Right. And so bumping up to expert makes, way more inputs happen and so you're like frantically just going at it and kind of getting into a flow in a way that you don't on normal well you're also not excising notes or beats is the thing in, in yeah, those higher difficulties like they're trying to create something for you on every single note yes. and beat and that is i think if you're musically inclined at all it's more natural to just yes. try and match everything than it is to leave certain parts out that is exactly it um yeah it's fun it's like the art style is a little mobile-ish. Hmm. Um, you're unlocking a bajillion things every time you finish a song, half of which I have no idea the use of. 
do you unlock certain things based on how well you did or just because you yeah there are quests like every every song has got like a quest like a unique challenge on it and like four difficulty modes and like i said you're leveling up your characters and and kind of kidding out your party but also you're unlocking like tons of different items that i haven't found a use for yet it's like hey you unlock or you earned two high potions from playing this i'm like cool i don't know what to do with that but okay you have um, them now, at least. You're, you're unlocking cinematics. There's like, because I finished seven first, mm-hmm. there's like a straight up Aerith music video that you unlock. Okay. It's just her theme with a bunch of CG scenes from seven kind of mm-hmm. montaged. But I still laughed when I got that. You're unlocking like multiple kinds of cards. There's collect cards, which are like memories that give you buffs. There's also profit cards. What? Which are like online profiles because there's also multiplayer. Really? And, and you can like swap profit cards with other people and you can attach items to profit cards uh, as a way of trading items. Huh. Kind of, there's kind of a lot in there. Sounds like It's it. kind of awesome. It's Kane in there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, if you want to talk about who they decided rated yeah. a yeah, party rated. member in this game. For four, it is Cecil. I don't, I refuse to say Cecil. Uh-huh. So it's Cecil, Rosa, Rydia, Kane, and Edge. No Sabin or no. That's sick. He's six. Oh, I get him. No, t- no Tella. They did Tella very wrong. <laughs> Fusuya is six. Fusuya is four. Oh man. Uh, Gogo, 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 Gogo is six. Man, what's the Yeti's name? <laughs> the Yeti, Umaro. Yeah. Yeah, what's is he six? Six, yes. Okay. Six six is a massive ensemble. Porum and Porum and Pi the the twins. I hardly knew him. Palam and Param. Yeah, six. That's how I always said it. Four oh, twins. Okay, man, we should play that. What? What? <laughs> which one are they from? Mm-hmm. Um, ten only gets three. Three characters. The fuck, man! It's Titus, Yuna, and Orin. That's it. Huh nonsense i mean those are the ones you definitely want but i yeah. do feel like there are other characters of note in that game <laughs> the, the conspicuous omission of waka did not go unnoted by me let's say okay i laughed Man. at that did they have it's, 10 it, 10 2 yes okay. uh, yeah, i think so i don't quote me on there's a lot in there like mm. with all the side stuff i bet there's gosh probably pushing 25 games Jeez. on that main story track and then you you know you unlock songs as you play them for other other modes did you ever, play, there. Did you ever play two which ten, final fantasy two yeah oh wait two on the no Famicom? two two japanese yeah like when they brought them over no okay no i never have played two three or five really Neither have I. Five I heard bit. that which was the one that has the job system people five really five is the well so i think the job system started on the fam in, in the later famicom games okay. two, two and or three i believe but five is always the one I heard about the job system being a big deal in. I was too not so mad back in the day. Final Fantasies four and six or two and three at the time were like my favorite games ever. It was just like, you motherfuckers. There's a whole other one of these if you would just release it. Um Yeah, they were pretty they were pretty good. Um this thing is just sheer fan service. Sure. Oh yeah, but the, but the but the rhythm game is fun and challenging, and if you know these songs really well, it's just fun to do the thing. For sure, theater theater rhythm theater rhythm theater rhythm. Final bar line, fifty bucks on PS4 and Nintendo Switch. I'm you know PS5 if you're if you're going to bring it up there, and then uh, fifty starts at fifty bucks all the way up to a hundred dollars if you want to go in for that super digital deluxe. You're playing on the Switch. 
No, PS4. PS4. Well, I'm playing on the PS5, but it's sure. PS4 version. It, it it like it doesn't look amazing. Like the <laughs> like I said, the backgrounds look like they are made for mobile. I don't, <laughs> I don't know mobile. if that's on the way or not. But out now. Out yes. now. Uh or it's actually, yeah. If you're listening to this, it's out officially the 16th. So we're recording on the 15th. Uh, Deliver Us Mars. You guys remember Deliver Us the Moon? I do. I remember you playing Deliver Us the Moon. Did you ever I, deliver the moon? I uh, I finished Deliver Us the Moon. But whether I delivered the moon, you're going to have to find out on your own. No spoilers here. No, oh, all right. Uh, Deliver Us Mars takes place like 10 years-ish after Deliver Us the Moon. I had to go back a little bit and refresh my memory. The game does an okay job of kind of filling you in on some of the details if you haven't played Deliver Us the Moon, but it is a direct sequel to it. So characters um, and kind of timeline-wise, you would want to be familiar with some of that game if you're going in. Uh, My short so far uh, take on it is I really like it. I'm only uh, maybe not more than two hours in, but. it's it's a game that is done really well, but you will see that this is a smaller scope game in terms of production. Like it doesn't look great. It doesn't necessarily mm. even play very well. Um in terms of like, oh, it's like a little janky here. Mm-hmm. But the voice acting is very good and so far the writing seems pretty good so far. The storytelling seems like it's done well. All of those things are done well. But I think they're running up against budget and and team size and scope in in those kind of ways. And it, I'm not gonna say it's a shame. Like, oh, I wish this game had a because it's not an intentional stylistic choice. It just looks like, you know, they're working with what they got. Yeah. Wait, wait, hang on. Are you are you saying all of that is as compared to the first game? No, no, no. I, I'm saying or, or it's consistent with the first game. Just like in terms of what you expect from a, just a, in general a release. Yeah, like. You, you might look at it and dismiss it right away and be like, ah, oh, this kind of looks not so great. Uh, and, you know, it's not an artistic choice. It's just, you know, this uh, the characters are, are not moving well or animating super well or, or, and, and so on. But uh, I, think, I think that's uh, a shame because what I've played so far, I've actually really enjoyed the, the kind of lead up, the storytelling, the, um, uh, uh, like I said, the voice acting, the portrayal and all that stuff has been pretty good so far. So the, the story in Deliver Us the Moon is the Earth... Stop me if you've heard this one before. The Earth's in trouble. Earth's oh, no. in a lot of trouble here. Uh, there's severe uh, lack of resources and power in Deliver Us the Moon. But the fine folks uh, at the, uh, I think this is the WSA, they they realize they find this element or whatever it is on the moon. It's called Helium-3. They realize they have this kind of abundant p- power source on the moon that they can beam down, like microwave beam down to the Earth to actually get power. The story of Deliver Us the Moon is that has gone offline. You're on a team to go figure out why. Uh, and you do figure out why. Deliver Us Mars takes place about 10 years after that whole situation with a lot of the same characters. And um, the Earth is in, still in bad shape because, you know, those problems didn't necessarily get solved by the energy. Now the Earth is basically in a climate disaster. It's, it's the um, desertification of the Earth is taking place. Uh, and you realize through some of the events on Deliver Us the Moon, you get some messages and stuff, and you're off on another mission to go um, find out another mystery, this time on Mars. So uh, it's it's cool. It's got another great sequence. I think Deliver Us the Moon had this, where you're inside the cockpit of the shuttle, uh, uh, the launch 
launch sequence you are controlling. So there's a lot of switches to flip, and I always love flipping switches inside a spaceship and, and doing that. Uh, so far, so good on Deliver Us Mars. Thirty dollars. It's mm-hmm. on uh, uh, pretty much all the consoles except Switch and PC. I'm gonna keep going with it and check it out. I remember liking Deliver Us the Moon, and so I hope hope this one delivers. It, there were some parts I think now going back and remembering what Deliver Us the Moon was. It dragged on for a bit in some places, but um, uh, I'm I've got high hopes so far, and I think I think this is a good studio. Like this studio puts out good stuff. I kind of wish I wish it looked better, you know, you know, and played tighter. You know, didn't have parts where you clip through things and have those problems you have when you're like, oh, nobody wants this, but it's you know, it's a, it's kind of what it is, right? Does mm-hmm. it does it have an unstock option? No unstuck option, but like, mm. you know, cutscenes started inside the character's head, you know, where you're huh. like, you got to move the camera a little bit to like get That's out. a stylistic of- choice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you see the backs of eyeballs kind of thing. It's very like, meta. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm willing to go past all that because I actually, I was waiting for the, for the voice acting and everything to match that level. But I think it's, I think it's above and beyond. I think it's actually pretty good. And the dialogue choices have been pretty good so far. Deliver us Mars. That is out now. Uh, came out a couple of weeks ago. I think I said thirty dollars. Uh, then I booted up a bunch of Steam demo stuff. Now you guys had played System Shock when I wasn't there on a Thursday. What do you think, Brad? What do you think? I I never. We talked about it on the stream. I never yeah. actually played the original, so I can't. I don't have like a great frame of reference. It it's got a really unique look to it. It's got a really weird like twenty percent <laughs> retro. Mm-hmm. 80% modern, I guess. Like yeah. A close up to stuff and it's like intentionally pixelated, but that's not super obvious from a distance, but there is a definite stylistic, like quasi retro kind of oh, vibe yeah. to the whole thing. I also just love how like weirdly overly colorful and saturated everything is. Yeah. There's a ton of neon on everything, but also oh. like the actual like baseline architecture and, and and furniture and everything is all just like jet black like dark yeah. you know technology just with like constant glowing things around them there's there's an unusual look to it that i really like but like to you know just to put it in context of how little i knew about the original game like we hit that cyberspace sequence and i was just like oh this is probably what basically what cyberspace looked like back in the day right and then i went and looked and it was like no that was just like wireframe yeah back then it was just like black and white wireframe with some shapes here and there so they've definitely like gone above and beyond uh, on aesthetic in some places. Uh, I also did not play System Shock. I know it is highly beloved, uh, and I-, I guess going into this demo, I should have known this, and I think I've been told this, but I either forgot it or or you know blanked on it. Boy, that is some um uh um. It's a word I'm looking for deus ex ish but like you know systems heavy hey interact with oh, all these things oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. immersive sim war inspector yeah. uh yeah. it is extremely some, one of those yeah. yeah i mean it's kind of practically the progenitor of those I mean, yeah we talked about it on the stream some and people in chat reminded me that ultima underworld is kind of like the accepted actual first one of those mm. but system shock is right up there yeah and again going back to like i had known that at some point because that's why people would always say oh my gosh it's, it's amazing yeah. like what yeah, you're doing here it's it's why Bioshock is called has shock in the name. Basically, it was just like, hey, we really want to drive home that this is 
basically a new one of those, although it ended up not being quite that, but you know. Not quite. Uh, I But I did find that, you know, maybe true to form, I quick saved with too little health, and I don't know really know what to do at this point uh, to recover from that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, now, now you get creative. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to flavor country. Right. Yeah. I think I was spending, I spent a little too long in the radiation room and my health really, uh, drained and I had yeah, that's no a room ammo. you want to get out of. If you've no all ammo possible. in my pistol and my lead pipe, it's just, I got, I got to figure it out. I've got to figure some stuff out. So I don't know. Like my first experience, it was a little frustrating. Uh, I think it does. It does feel like a game from that era. Like it, it's, it's not, not as forgiving. Let's say as modern games. No, be. Uh, I got turned into a cyborg multiple <laughs> times during my time. It's pretty gruesome that demo. Yeah, it's a great oh, animation. I do yeah, enjoy that, that. The death screen. Uh, I hope there are more of those in the final game, and not just the one. But man, that thing makes an impression. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Um, I wonder d- d- during the stream. Were System Shock fans saying they were really digging it? Like, is it is it being well received? People seem pretty into it. Okay, because this I this think. remake has had a little bit of an up and down development history, if I remember correctly. Like, I think multiple studios or like it, there have been stops and starts on this thing at various points. Yeah, I'm looking at the Kickstarter page to try to. I lost track of how bumpy <laughs> this process has been at some points. It was 2016. Bumpy. 2016 is when they kickstarted this thing. So. Oh wow. Been a while. And look, games take um, a long time. I get that. But I think yeah. there may have also been some like straight up stops along the way for this thing. Um, you know, it's, it's my dive. Who does good work on stuff like this? Um, it seems like I think Prime Matter is now involved. They're the publisher, I think. Yeah, yeah, like, pe- people in chat were saying I didn't follow up on this, but the, like, the project was almost canceled at some point. Um, and yeah, there was that there was that kind of remastered version of System Shock that came out like like a year before the Kickstarter. And that's also Which night further, dive. Further, sort of makes it hard or confusing to keep up with everything here. Yeah. Um, anyway, it, it, it seems like this thing was in some doubt at some point, but it's finally back on and almost done. It's coming out next month, and that's awesome. Uh, I'm looking at some original System Shock stuff now, and yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's definitely a different game. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> They are making, they are paying tribute to an older thing, but they are making something that is definitely a lot more modern. People like System Shock 2? Fuck yes. Dude, I mean, that's the one like, everyone loves. Oh, is that yeah, the well, one? I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, to be clear, people love the first one as well. Yeah. But Warren Spector was not on 2. That's kind of where Ken Levine made his name. Okay. Uh, but 2 is revered. I mean, it's one of the... I haven't played it since it came out, to be clear. So you did, t- you did play 2? Yeah, I, uh, t- okay. 2 blew my goddamn mind at the time. Like, I am serious. Okay. Like I, I thought I had some System Shock vibes from you. So when you said you didn't play one, I was confused. But two is where you you got in. Two is not super related to one, other than Shodan, more Shodan. Okay. But the storytelling at the time, again, I don't know how well it holds up, but at the time, the storytelling was like nothing short of something I had never seen before in a game. So how would it's, you feel about a System Shock two coming out like this? I would definitely be interested in checking that out. Okay. I think if you know, if if I had more time to do frivolous things like this, I I've thought off and on about checking out the mod scene for the original game. I think people have done some work to try to make it a little more playable. It was not like a technical showpiece even in its day. 
Like it was kind of behind the times technically when it came out. I'll I'll be really curious to see what people who are like hardcore fans of the first one have to say about this once they play through it in terms of just like how accurate it is. Yeah, because yeah, because like, again, I didn't I didn't play it originally. Right. Like, are we going to be able to come out of this remake saying like, hey, now I've played System Shock? Or are people going to say like, ah, yes, it's cool, but it's like not quite accurate to the original. It's kind of its own thing. I don't know. Yeah. We will see. I'm excited uh, to play it, though. Were you just called the hacker in the original one? Um, I think that's true in the first game. It's definitely true in two. Okay. Uh, all right. Along the Steam demo stuff. I want to play more. I think I might just start over. At this point, I'm not that far into it, and I'm in a bad spot. Uh, Shadows of Doubt. Yeah. Uh, this one is... Um, okay, this is probably the game, after I tried this demo, that I really hope they take their time with and flesh this thing out. It's It seems a little loosey-goosey right now. It's a little loosey. It doesn't run super great. It's uh, But it's a... Um, kind of voxel looking noir detective game that I think might be a lot of procedural or, or kind of, uh, um, generated, uh, in the, in the kind of, uh, uh, crime and world building in it. And I'm not 100% sure, but when you start, you can either generate a world or you can, in this demo, you can start a case and you basically are putting together a, what would you call those boards? Pin and yarn board, like a like a thought board of of everything you find. You can pin. Hey, yeah. you, ju- you just it's found- a conspiracy board. It's a, yeah. a crime board. So, like in the demo, you kind of start and you with this notes under your door, and it's like go. Uh, at least in mine was said uh, find was a Craig Berkowski. I think it's the same one I got. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and so that starts a thing of chain of things. That's like. Okay, you can go find his address. You can go on the online and go look. Uh, um, you can go find a directory to, to look him up, and it's super freaking neat. I love everything that I've been working with over there. But some of the things, some of the systems don't actually seem to work as they're intended. Sometimes I feel like information's not filling in appropriately, or um, things are not happening the way it's intended to happen. There's a lot going on. I really hope this comes together. This seems really awesome. Yeah, reading yeah. intentionality is a little tough because it is supposed to be a simulation and there is like a degree of randomization happening there, but it does feel like sometimes even when the game is pointing you toward a particular thing, it's either just not working quite right. The you, interface is also a little <laughs> funky sometimes. Oh, yeah. It feels like trying to like hover over and pick up stuff sometimes is more frustrating than it should be. Yes. But like I think some of that randomization is just not completely baked yet. It's very ambitious. Uh, yeah. And so like there are things where you'll have a card for a suspect and it's got it's got like 25 different attributes on it, blood type, fingerprints, all this different stuff. And sometimes I'll find like their blood type and another piece of information, but it won't fill in on their mm-hmm. card and I can't click it. Uh but yeah, making it's a time demo, so you get about an hour in the game, and then it kind of boots you. It literally just like hard exits, Alt F four. I think it's ninety there. minutes. Is yeah. it ninety? Okay, it's ninety. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have enough time in it. I was bumped. Like I was running around, uh, you know, trying to piece together this crime. There's sneaking mechanics. There's hacking. Uh, there's combat in it. Also, it's it's super cool, man. I don't know. Shadows of Doubt. I I really again. I hope it comes together. It's a little too wibbly wobbly right now but i like what they're going for it's i've not played something like this that feels this open 
It, it doesn't even have a year on it yet, so it may be a ways off. Although, should they have put out a demo if it's not working super great? <laughs> I mean, it, I mean making it works. first impression. I don't know, but it's it's enough of a good first impression. Yeah. I feel like to give you an idea of what they're shooting for, and I think enough of it works that it's like, okay, yes, this is a little ramshackle, but like there are enough systems in place that work that feel like okay, I see the I, the the skeleton of what you are building is here, and I'm getting what you're you're going for. Yeah, it, it seems neat. I, I like. I'm looking at the corkboard thing, and like the idea of a game. Well, I don't know. The idea of a game like this that can just generate like endless content always sounds amazing. And then I don't know. Maybe at some point, it's not always. All the investigations start feeling rote because they're all just built out of building blocks or something. I mean, remains to be seen, but it sounds like a super cool idea. Yeah. Again, from the demo I played, which is a little more. Um Definitely, it's structured. It's structured. They have tutorializing in it. They kind of tell you what you need to do. It was cool. I like games where you can go on a computer and can type in someone's name to look them up. Uh, I've heard this about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, listen, I like games where you can interact with a computer, let's say. Oh, interactivity. Uh, interactivity. And, you know, you get information. And it's got... um Oh gosh, what is the one? What's the game with the people with the square heads? Um, very square heads. Uh, this kind of like low poly. It, it wasn't voxel, but it um, it had a very weird name. Um, Minecraft. No, but quadrilateral some, cowboy. Yes, quadrilateral. It's, oh. It kind of reminds me of that level of tech in the world. It, like there's an analog and digital mix going on. There is at least a little bit of Blendo inspiration happening mm, here, yeah. Because that's that was Blendo games, yeah. So, it, but it's all voxel based, which also makes me feel like should I be taking a sledgehammer to all these walls to break <laughs> to break them down and be able to walk through them? Yeah, yeah like kinda, the first body I found was literally just a crumpled heap of <laughs> pixels. Like yeah, I think the guy just got shot, but it <laughs> looked pretty bad. Kind of looks like teardown, actually. It's very yeah. teardown looking, which again makes me feel like I should be able to smash through a wall, but it is not that kind of man. Thing. What if the teardown people just started licensing the teardown engine as if it was like 1996 again? Oh man! And all these games were built out of that, and they were Tear different tech. types of games, but they also let you bust up everything. Yes. Like, let's just make that a core institutional game feature built on tear tech. Uh, I played some Cook Serve Forever. Yes. Uh, this demo that demo does not last forever. No. Also, did you try it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's um the demo's a little weird. Uh, I like the Cook Serve series. Let's say the co the Cook Serve universe. Mm -hmm. Um, the demo is is basically uh, and maybe this is how the game will go, but you are just doing the button prompts to prepare the food, like not choosing the menu or or any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you're you're kind of doing the button prompts, and man. They're devilish with those button prompts where they, some of them are, um, you need to hit the X button, let's say four times. Sometimes it'll just be a question mark where you have to hit the X button a question mark number of times, but then the next prompt is hit any button but X. Yep. They do that a lot. <laughs> that shit like, really fucked me up the first couple of times. <laughs> so you're just jamming on X. You'd be like, come on. Uh, but yeah, I played it That's for a little bit. That's how they get you. I played it for a little bit. It was fun. I... You know, I'm probably not going to go back to that demo because uh, I'll wait until the actual release for it, which I think is April of this year, if the date is correct. But um, yeah, I'm always a fan of the cook serve stuff. So uh, those things are fun. I don't know if it'll have multiplayer in it, but I've enjoyed them when they have the local multiplayer in the cook serve games as well. 
And then, Alex, you said you played some Darkest Dungeon 2 during Steam Next Fest, but that <coughs> demo was taken away from you. Yeah, that demo is offline, but I have the early access version on Epic. Uh, so I could just go back and start playing the early access version, which is what I did after I played that demo. <laughs> it's kind of a lot of this happening during this next fest. Games that are already out in early access on Epic putting demos out on Steam. <laughs> as if to say, hey, we're over here on this other storefront. Here's a demo on the one you pay attention to. Maybe Look, come check us out. we took the upfront money so that we could do this thing and not fund this project ongoing, but also just in case you're on Steam only, hey, check it out. We will be here eventually. <laughs> Uh, anything new in Darkest Dungeon 2 to talk about? So Car racing. Well, kind of, yeah. So, like, the, the the thing with Darkest Dungeon 2 is that it's a different structure than the first game. Um, you There's, like, five chapters in the overall progression, but each run, especially early on, is probably going to bomb you out pretty early before you get through those five chapters. Um, and you move from place to place in this real-time cart, this this, you know, horse and carriage, that you're driving around the environments. Um, and then you're coming up, up and you know, combat events, randomized, you know, events uh, in the world as you're, as you're moving around. Um, and there are some branching paths on that map as well. So it's not just the, Hey, pick your team, go plumb the depths of one of these four environments. And, you know, eventually you'll get to like a boss ish encounter. There are boss encounters, but it's the way you move through the world and way, the way it's kind of structured itself is very different. And, that was very jarring to me initially when I started playing the original early access version and I kind of fell off of it because I just wasn't really jiving with it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, so they haven't changed really any of that stuff. Like the structure still is what it is. They are going forward with the, the, you know, the layout that they came up with initially, but I think I'm starting to warm up to it a little bit just by playing it more and kind of letting the initial jarring, nature of it just kind of like go away like i'm like kind of giving myself over to it and i am having some fun with it but i do feel like i just kind of like the original darkest dungeon better that's fair yeah, i mean the this wagon, is the, yeah go ahead Brad, sorry, sorry. The, the wagon driving just kind of seems like a different way for a different interface for you to make the choices that you'd be making on like a world map instead yeah, and it doesn't feel great is the thing like just the controlling of the cart it's a little loosey in a way that is probably intentional, but I just kind of don't really enjoy holding down the move key and just sort of like waiting until the next random event. It just feels like you could automate some of that. I don't know. Like I, I, I appreciate that they are trying to do something different and there is certainly enough of that darkest dungeon flavor there, especially in the combat, uh, that it does not feel wholly different. And I like the new art style. Like it's, yeah. it's 3d models, but it is still that like very hard line, animated looking character yeah they did an amazing job of translating the 2d art from the first game into 3d like in i think in screenshots you couldn't tell the difference here yeah you couldn't tell that they're 3d it's really until you see them moving they're like oh you actually just kind of redid this whole graphic style it's been in early access for a bit now right like a year and a half or so and I want to say that's not too far off from how long the original darkest dungeon was in early access too though that was on steam so and then this is may for 1.0 on Epic yeah. and Steam. Uh, yeah. Uh, so May 8th, apparently, 2023. That is this year, if you forgot. I'd say it feels far enough along at this point in early access that that does not feel like a wild date by any stretch. Okay. The Darkest Dungeon Part 2. And um, like I said before, these are some of the demos we've been playing, though that's the early access version of Dun Darkest Dungeon 2. 
Some of those demos are still available. Like I was still able to play System Shock and Shadows of Doubt and Cookser forever. Though I I want to say Steam Next Fest officially ended on the thirteenth, thirteenth or or fourteenth. Yeah. Um. Moving over quickly here, uh, I want to mention uh, a game for Spoken, a game that we've mentioned a little bit here, came out last month in January. I finished for Spoken. Hmm. At some point, I put uh, my map away and just started running towards the objectives. Did not find it difficult. You know, I was a little worried without without really engaging with a lot of the side stuff. I'd be underpowered or underleveled. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't want to be in the case. I, I kind of walked through a lot of the maybe maybe I had overdone it initially. So um, I made sure to hit all the passive things on the way, the passive stat boosts on the way. But I did not go after the gear stuff. It just got too tedious. And that's coming from me as someone. I will collect anything and everything. Yes, you will. And um, it just started getting too tedious. Uh, too same. Bah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't yeah, know how that I'm does tra- feel like the over, the prevailing <laughs> feeling toward that game. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to transcribe that syllable into the episode title, but I'll finish <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. Like, I don't regret playing through it, but I can't really say. I would think, I think if I were on a five point scale, this would be somewhere on like a three and a half or something. Like, that, that's a 10 point scale. Gotta commit. You gotta commit. Is it a three or a four? I don't know. It's somewhere between. I'd have to think more about it. Um, yeah, it would it would fall in between. I I don't know. It's um, I've had like zero desire to go back to that thing in the last couple of weeks, and that's not just because Hitman Freelancer has taken over my life. <laughs> it's more just like I feel like anything else would just be more enticing to me right now. I was interested in the in the overall the bigger picture narrative. I still think the smaller picture dialogue and stuff is not good mm-hmm. i you know a lot of people gave it a lot of crap for that stuff and it didn't bother me as much as it did other people i just it's hard to get down with characters you don't like you know it's for for a long run i also feel like the twist they were setting up for that game could not have been more telegraphed and i don't know if that's actually the way they pay it off but i bet it is I don't, want, the, I don't want to get into spoilers, so if uh, I let would me, say... Let me just ask you this question, yeah. and you don't have to give me a content-filled answer, just a yes or no. Do they explain anything about where Frey come, came from? Oh, yes. Then that's all I need to know, because I know exactly where that's going. Oh, if you're saying... Tell it, us. Is the game, Tell us. No, no. Is the say game, it. Is the game predictable? Yes. Could you yeah. Could you pretty much map it all out? Could my, could I, I mapped it out by the end of chapter one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, let me just set up again. I'll just reiterate in a, in a neutral tone the setup for Frey. Frey is an orphan who doesn't know who her parents are, who is, grows up in New York City. I, and I it, feel like I, what Alex just said about mapping it out by the end of chapter one, uh-huh. I think I may have also mapped it out. <laughs> In the last half of a sentence, you just spoke. Okay, and then you know, Frey gets transported to another world uh, where uh-huh. she has to kind of discover. Yes, it's an isekai game. We all know this. Uh, 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 along with her her uh, frenemy uh, uh, bracelet uh, cuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty predictable, and even the characters don't seem very surprised with any of the twists and turns. Like it's all kind of like, meh, like let's just go, but. There's just a reluctance for the characters to move on and do anything that becomes mm-hmm. a little grating by the end. It's just like, oh, we're going to do this. 
Just stop dragging your feet. Like, this is going to be... You're not just going to end the game here. Just stop saying you're going home. Ah, forget it. I'm just going home. Like, no, you're definitely not. You're definitely not going home. There are four bosses in this game. You have beat two of them. Stop saying you're going home after each one. We know where this is going. (laughs) Stop (laughs) pretending like you don't also know. So, um, you know, things take turns and swerves which are like not exactly maybe what you think but if you zoom out it's pretty much what you thought was going to happen um even some of the bigger plot points but it was interesting to see the way all the way through as you think it's a it's a very mediocre game it okay reminded me i was going to look this up and now i should have because we're gonna have to play the what game was that but maybe you guys will get it very quickly What's the one around the time of Infinite where you could run up the walls and had the black goo? And uh, prototype. Prototype. It reminds yeah. me of Prototype in a way. Uh, and it, I don't know if it's the magic parkourness of it, but the controls in that thing get away from you in weird ways. Like um, yeah. that magic parkour like has a mind of its own sometimes in, in the way you're dashing and moving around. Prototype. Prototype. You like Prototype? Yeah, that, was, that was a video game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure why I started bringing back prototype vibes, but I think it's like the running straight up walls and and jumping. You get some cool traversal uh, uh, abilities. They just you you get it's one of those games, and this is not spoiler, so I'll just kind of mechanically say it's one of those games where you get to do the coolest stuff after you've hit the point of no return in the story, where it's like, oh, this is really cool. Uh, and I would like to do this more, but it's like kind of after you're, you're like, Hey, you're going on to the point of no return, walk through this door and then you're going to get some other things. That being said, you do, they don't make this very clear. So I will say this to people who are playing and want to finish it. You are able to return back to the world post game. It's, they make it really seem like you're not going to, because uh, a million times in that game, they're like, Hey, you're moving forward in the story. Have you done everything? And you're like, Okay, yeah, I don't really care that much. If this were a game I cared, if this were like a Mass Effect, I would, I would go and scoop up everything. But I was like, let's just walk through the door. But you can you can move uh, uh, continue on because you keep collecting experience points in your like weird no point of no return stuff. And you're like, what am I going to spend this on? Or spoken? I don't know. I wonder how that's doing for them. It it seemed like they were making a big deal out of it about that, and then they weren't, and then they kind of weren't. Oh, right. It was discounted already. That's right. I saw it. I saw that it was on sale. It's clunky. It's. It's just not there. It's just. It it's doesn't not have there. it. Not for me. I never even got into the combat. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was I, really hoping for more from the combat. Like, I feel like even as I started unlocking stuff and getting more abilities, I just I was never really. Like I got into a fine enough groove with it, I just never really felt like it was that fun. Yeah, yeah. After a while, the the parry system doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And like where you can parkour your way, if you even if you hold it down through some attacks, when certain attacks are gonna hit you and, and not hit you based on your shield and your stamina, and, and it never felt like I was fully engaged with the combat. But then again, I also didn't have a lot of trouble with it. Um, some of the upgrades never seemed worth it for some of the moves, and you never want that on a skill tree where you're like, I'm kind of done putting points into stuff. I don't really, yeah. I don't think it's worth it for these. Uh, yeah, I don't know much more to say about that. I'm going to put that down. I don't think they revisit this franchise for a while, if ever. 
Who was this? Who made this? Luminous Productions. Luminous. Okay. Yes, is a studio the, that I'm going to go out on a limb and say is going to be doing a lot of Final Fantasy support in the future. It's, yeah, it's an internal Square Enix studio. They did, they did 15 or they worked on 15. I don't know if it's like fair to say they were the 15 team. I think they were the closest to it, but 15 they had were one a bumpy, of the leads. I think 15 had a bumpy production cycle. Um, I think they're probably the most directly credited with it. Like 15 was a was unevenly received, let's say, and so was this. But you know what? I feel like most people got there in the end with 15. Like, I feel like the overall assessment of that game is generally pretty positive. Mm-hmm. It's got its fans, let's say. For spoken... I hear, I'm just yeah. saying, I, I hear more people speak positively about that, that one than I do hear people talk about, like, 12 or 13. Mm, I'm, 13 one, has its fans, too, but... 13... 13 has a dedicated thread on our Discord, believe it or not. So does 14. 14, yes, but 14 is huge. Yeah. 13 is 13 is uh, disrespected in some circles, perhaps. This is not me casting aspersions on 13 or anything. I just feel like most of the people I know who played 15 felt pretty good about it by the end. It's thir- 13 is lightning, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I listen. That's why I was asking if it like what it was. Is twelve in that just the one no one talks about? <laughs> no, people like well, twelve is weird because twelve is set in the world of tactics. Mm. Um, twelve. Twelve is an interesting game that is not really consistent with anything else in the mainline series. I just feel like all the discussion for that one, like the air got sucked out of it at some point, and <laughs> I just never hear about it. It it was received kind of weirdly because. Yeah, it was not stylistically, mechanically, it was just not what they had been doing for years. And then this latest, we're coming up on what now? 16 or 17? 16. 16. Okay, and that's the one that might be referencing 14 in some weird ways? Um, Like, narratively? Well, there there are common developers on it. I don't know if, I don't know if there might be narrative ties. For spoken, sure. for spoken, it feels like a game held hostage by somebody saying you need to make an open world game, and then yes, and then, and a Western like, style open world. Yes, game. you need to make a Western style open world game. We don't want to. You have to put all these put all these things on a map, and but only five different types of them, and just yeah, do them. Uh, that's uh, that's my time with Forspoken, and then uh, the game that keeps on giving, just. I was shocked at how far you'd made it in Hitman Freelancer, Alex, but you have been putting some time in there. I mean, I'm not even that far. I'm like level like 22, and I think it goes up to like 100 or something. So I'm not exactly like, you know, Got churning s- through the whole damn thing. But a helicopter, a garage. They give you a lot of that stuff in the first like 10 or 15 levels. Like it's not, it's you don't have to get that deep into it before that stuff starts showing up. It's just that you get more options as you go along. So let's uh let's we don't have to go too much into Hitman Freelancer, but let's just quick check in here. Brad, you have now made it past your first showdown, and did you get to the second showdown? Yeah, I I bombed out. Okay, on the second showdown. Second showdown. I have made it to a second showdown. Alex, you have completed a second showdown. One second showdown. One. I have not even made it showdown. back to another second showdown since then. Okay, so. but you've made it to the other side of a second yeah. showdown. Yes. That, do you guys feel like not th- I'm not going to say that it's too hard or punishing, but when you get past a showdown and see that <laughs> expansion of missions you have to do, mm-hmm. is it morally deflating for you to be like 
this is too much. You're asking too much of me. How am I not going to do this? All right, I'm looking at this mode very much, and I think I've said this before, but I'm looking at this mode very much as a, they really want you to fail a bunch before you start getting into those later missions, because you certainly don't have enough capacity to carry a lot of items uh, until you have failed a lot and leveled up a bunch. And my feeling is that there is maybe still just a little too much tension, a little too much static to getting to those later missions than there maybe should be. But I'm not mad that I'm failing a lot. I'm mad that it feels like I'm going to have to go on some kind of super legendary run to even feel like I'm getting close to the end of this thing. I would say my only beef is the time commitment. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's it takes a long time, or at least you can you can pull out at the end of a mission. Like you don't have to like sit there and do all of them back to back. Before, like you know, it will save between missions. No, no, I just mean the time investment on a run is like, oh my gosh, it's been like hours on this run that I'm about to fail because I wasn't I wasn't watching my map closely enough, or I ran into a trespassing room when I shouldn't have. Um, you know the. The I got mar- a really bad starting point on this one mission that's right before the end of a tier. You know, it's just yeah. like, ugh. It's making me better at the Hitman systems, and that's yes. fun. But I oh, think- I feel like I could go back to the regular map game <laughs> and just absolutely demolish it at this point, because I know kind of where the majority of the stuff is now. I know where, like, some of the weird nooks and crannies in those maps are. I feel like if I was just playing a regular game of Hitman, I would be unstoppable now. But also... Maybe I'm also just inflating myself, it's a, my ego here, just because I've been playing a lot of this. It's fun. I'm going to keep going, I think, uh, at least until I can... I wonder if you wind up getting to like, the third one. By the time you get there, you're like, I can do this. Like I, I understand the mechanics here enough where I'm not going to mess this up in a way. You're bringing silenced weapons with you. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of playing the game on its terms. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to look up to some of the things like we talked about during the streaming of it, which are what's what's in the bank vault where some of those weapons are hidden um, to make things a little bit easier on myself. There, there are some mechanics in there that I feel like I would benefit from just looking up like the things like, Hey, assassins will drop these recognizing where an assassin is and and the lookouts and stuff. Yeah. There's also still a certain amount of cheesing in that mode where it's like, you really are just occasionally hoping that the AI breaks in a certain way that will benefit you as opposed to a way that absolutely demolishes you. Yeah. And I've definitely gotten pretty lucky on a few of those runs. Yeah. Same here. And very unlucky sometimes. Oh yeah. Every time. (laughs) Uh, Hitman's freelancer mode. So is that it? That's it for Hitman for now. Scheduled out. Like are we? Uh, far as we know, yeah. they're done. They're done. We're, I do think I they should probably put some more cosmetic items into that mode to sell people because yeah. I think people will go for that. But I, I bet that's the idea. Is if if the if the data shows that people are into that stuff, they can add more fairly easily. But like large scale hitman development, super done. Bond or bust for IO yeah. at this point. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for the games for this week. We talked about, I'm going to run down here, do the Steam demos too. Metroid Prime Remaster, which is out now, $40 over on the Switch. Theater Rhythm, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line over on the PlayStation and Switch. That's 50 bucks to get in the door. 
Deliver Us Mars, kind of on everything except Switch, 30 bucks. Then there's Steam demos we talked about, System Shocks, uh, new re- newest demo or release that's slated for March still. Uh, Shadows of Doubt, which doesn't really have a year, maybe 2023, we'll see. Cooks Are Forever uh, in April, and Darkest Dungeon 2, which is already in early access, but is due out in May. Then we talked about Hitman and Forspoken as well. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the news, including what we saw or didn't see or caught up on on the Nintendo Direct. So stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Bespoke Post. Alex Navarro, you know I love packages. I mean, I get them all the time. It's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door. It is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. It's a, a, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've i gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post. Are you trying this- to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife? <laughs> I might have gotten around to say that in a shorter way. I, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one was uh, specifically a uh, fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or, or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome, and things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten. I've gotten uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom, uh, and sometimes, occasionally, a knife uh, that'll go inside a kit that is themed because, Alex Navarro, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at around $70, but you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each Box of Awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. To get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NEXTLANDER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER. Thanks, Bespoke Post. We are back in time to dive into the news from this week. And like Brad mentioned earlier in the show, as of the time of our recording last week, only a few mere short hours later, almost within two hours, I think, a Nintendo Direct happened. Brad, were you able to catch a Direct at the time? No, but no. I, did, I did catch you up, catch up on it. What is there to catch up from this Nintendo Direct? We said that Metroid Prime Remaster got uh, dropped there. Mm -hmm. They showed this new trailer for The Legend of Zelda Nuts and Bolts. (laughs) (laughs) That's not inaccurate in any way, shape, or form. What is Uh, going on there? What is going on there? Uh, And how did they... Somebody got me with a, like, oh, is Nuts and Bolts coming back out? Um, When I saw people talking about it. Why are people talking about Nuts and Bolts? Rare, rare did a little goofing on their Twitter. Yeah, well, let's say. Yeah, I've seen straight up people talking about this 
vehicle stuff in Tears of the Kingdom and saying things like Nuts and Bolts was ahead of, ahead of its time. I mean, that's I'm like, true. Sure was. Mm-hmm. True fact stated. It's a great game. Forty dollars steal at forty dollars for the best game of two thousand eight. Um, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, it's got vehicles in it. Mm-hmm. It's not confirmed because they don't say much about Zelda games, but it seems an awful lot like these vehicles are open to player construction. Certainly seems like it. I mean, you got. A vehicle that looks like a player creation, first of all, and then you yes. got Link uh, gravi- or levitating like a wheel or something yeah. out of a pit, right? That was the stuff people latched onto. Not, it's not so much. I mean, yes, okay, the vehicles you see in this are sure don't look like they were made professionally. Um, but it, yeah, They're it was jalopies. The, yes, it was. It was the kind of manipulating parts aspect of this that people have latched onto to say, like, oh, it seems like they might be going in a very heavy kind of freeform vehicle creation direction with this thing. Yeah. I, I was reminded I completely forgot because I didn't play that DLC for Breath of the Wild, but it had a motorcycle in it. Oh, yeah. Which I had, I had forgotten about. Um, that was a bespoke motorcycle, yes. by the way. You, you, could not, you could not customize. That came pre-configured. Yeah. I mean, like, this kind of makes sense because so much of that first game was kind of based on puzzle solving or problem solving with a big tool set, right? Mm-hmm. Like all the different forces and abilities at your disposal. Uh, why not throw a machine shop or like a, a, a garage <laughs> into that toolbox? Uh, yeah. What is it? There's this, there's this giant car looking thing. Yeah. Which has got like some cargo space in it. It looks like, I don't even know if you call that a car. What is that? It's like a flatbed. Tra- tractor. Yeah. I don't know. The high-speed tractor. Plank with some wheels on it. There is a hot air balloon, which, to be fair, may not be player-constructed, looking at that one. And then there's this bizarre... There's got to be a term for this. It's kind of like a quadcopter. Yeah, it's very drone-like. Yeah, it's it's basically a drone. Flying machine. Basically a drone. And, like, the sky and flying are a big deal in this game, so... Of course, here is a flying machine. This seems crazy. Listen, you still got a horse. You're still yeah. Right. Yeah. You can't, out, can't outdo your horse. True. Yeah. I, I think I said it earlier, this trailer didn't do much for me, but I still am really super excited to play this game. Um, you know, that stuff aside, I think that's neat and fun. This trailer, um, I don't know. I've, I'm actually scrubbing through it with the sound off and it's doing more for me now. I don't know what it was about that trailer. It's a little like melancholy or something yeah that's I mean, the, the vibe of, of the wild was a little yes. melancholy too yes, yeah. the vibe the vibe of both these games is like very austere um yeah like it's more there seems to be there's more excitement and fun happening with the sound off than when you put when i have the sound running and it's like mm-hmm. you know zelda's like oh no it's yeah i mean like zelda in these games the voice acting is definitely uh let's just call it a little on the weepy side. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, uh, sure. And just, and then who's who's hollering about coming in and just going out there and destroying everybody? Is this probably, a new big bad? Probably Ganon. <laughs> if you had the guess. It's a Ganon-like, if nothing else. Probably uh, Ganon. Probably, probably Ganon. Um, yeah. Yeah, the tone <laughs> of these games is weirdly at odds with the kind of Lucy anything goes <laughs> gameplay style, mm-hmm. the freedom to just do stuff and have fun with it. Yeah. I don't know. 
I, I'm very much looking forward to playing it. I, I am not the biggest Breath of the Wild fan, like relative to the amount of love that game gets. I mean, some people, some people just it's like their favorite game. They it's absolutely not, adore that shit. Yeah, yes, it's not me. I really like it, but it, that's not that ain't me. But I am really looking forward to playing this one. I love a sandbox. There's nothing I love more than just a big old sandbox of stuff that mm-hmm. you can combine together yeah. however you want. Yeah, see how that works out. I mean, that stuff to me comes down to how well do once you put it all together, what is your controlling uh, physics and mechanism, right? Yeah, you know, played a lot of Besiege, played a lot of games where you make vehicles. You played a lot of scrap mechanic at this point. Kind of all comes down to how are you modeling the physics of the thing you're controlling at some point, right? I'm excited about these are physicsy games. It could it could be good. Could be good. I'm excited I'm, about the possibility of plane boat car becoming known far and wide in Hyrule. <laughs> it's gonna import yes, import plane boat car man. Yes, somebody hack that save. <laughs> somebody could make this happen, right? Mm-hmm. I you're like you're like two or three studio acquisitions away from that probably being possible somewhere. At some point, somebody something will happen where Rare and Nintendo are together in some weird way. Yeah, I mean, without the sky stuff and the vehicle stuff, this sure looks like more. Oh yeah, of that. Yeah, those seem like the key new things. Man, which has been long enough since Breath of the Wild. Yeah, which I'm okay. Well, yeah, it's been six years actually. Yeah, uh, it's crazy to think this game is only like three months away now. I hope it runs well. Sure do too. Yeah. As much as um you gotta say Breath of the Wild had a lot going on, wild. very ambitious. Wild. There were parts of Breath of the Wild Breath of Breath of the Wild um that are unintendo like in their performance, let's say. Mm-hmm. Where, where they get a little chuggy. Yeah. True. Uh we mentioned the uh Metroid Prime remaster that is uh dropped that mm-hmm. was shown there. You guys excited for Pikmin 4? Mm. I've never been excited about a Pikmin game, Aww. but I have, no, 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 no. Let me, let me finish. Yeah. I always end up enjoying the Pikmin <laughs> games when I play them. Okay. It's just that I don't have like this deep reverence for them or any deep excitement for them, but I always have fun when I play them. I feel like secretly Pikmin are Miyamoto's favorite games. Possibly. I'm not even sure that's a secret. Possible. <laughs> possible. It, uh, I like Pikmin games. I liked what they did with the Switch version of 3 mm-hmm. uh, with the kind of deluxe co-op stuff they put in. Uh, two players at the same time let you run around the map together. I thought that was really well done. I would like to see that in this. When I looked it up, it looks like it has same system, one to two players, but I don't know what th- that means yet, you know, mm-hmm. like how that is implemented. So hopefully it's not some battle mode or something like that. I think that's what they had in the Wii U. Is that where three came out originally? Was it Wii U? Or was uh, it three? Wii? Yeah. Yeah, three was Wii U game. Wii U? It was like some kind of battle mode for the co-op stuff, um, I think originally. Yeah. Anyway, I hope they do I hope they do what they did with three on the Switch. Um, because A, it's fun to play these games with my family, but B, splitting up the work is actually kind of nice in, in one of these games where you're like, hey, you got to go over here, take the electric Pikmin, I'll go take the water Pikmin and go take care of this objective. It's kind of a nice a splitting up of duties. Though at the end of this trailer, I should pull it up again and rewatch. It looked like there were four, I don't know what alien race they are, but like 
three or four people standing around a shuttle. So maybe, maybe they allow you to have multiple, multiple people, or it could just be that you switch characters like you do in every other Pikmin game. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you're just trading off characters. Excited. I don't know who these new, I can't remember what the other Pikmin people are. One is the fruit planet. One is the vegetable planet. And I can't remember Mm -hmm. what they are. They're like, I can't remember. Do you remember what they're called? The, the, the planets they come from? Like not off the top of my okay. head. No, I've played it fairly recently and I can't remember. I remember, remember Olimar. Yes. We all remember Captain Olimar. <laughs> yes. Kevin and Olimar. Kevin Olimar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited. When is What's the date on that? Uh, July 21st. July? They announced. Hell yeah. Is a date they put out there. Another date they put out there. Yeah. Uh, that Advance Wars remake yeah. has gotten a new date after being yeah. delayed for basically a year. Um, it is April 21st. Nintendo just loving the 21st <laughs> here. Every month on the 21st, a new <laughs> Nintendo game. Um, or a new old Nintendo game that has just been kicking around for a while. Yeah. Uh. Yes, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, in case you forgot. They're still doing it. It's supposed to come out last year. It's been patched three times. <laughs> as, as, I don't know. <laughs> it'd be pretty funny. I mean, they, you know, they respectfully decided to yes. hold that game in the wake of the war in Ukraine. I guess they've decided now is long enough. Yeah, I mean, the war did not end. No. So at some yeah. point, they're going to have to put that game out. Yeah, I'm excited to play that. Advanced uh, rules. You know what else rules? What's that? Ghost trick. And uh, uh, I was pretty surprised when we were going down this list to see Ghost Trick coming back. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Trick is a good game. And it's I think it's a a new audience being able to experience Ghost, Tri- Ghost Trick is a fun thing. I suppose I imagine just like everyone else, I played that game originally on mobile. I was going to say it was just a mobile game first, right? When you I, say mobile, you mean like not on a on a damn phone? Yeah, so it was I want to say game. I want to say I played that on a handheld somewhere. Yeah, it came out on other stuff. It came out on the okay. it did. Oh, let's see. It did come out on the DS first in Japan. I think. Okay, right. I think that's maybe what it was. Did it come out? There's a lot of dates to go through. I think I think the whole deal was like, oh, there's a DS game from Capcom in Japan, and then and then it was like, no, it's coming out on phones here. It was like, oh, Mm -hmm. is that how things are going now? (laughs) Um, yeah. I think when I came to it, I was on I was on a handheld already. Is that around the time of Hotel Dusk? Mm. For some reason, they feel in a similar. That was 2010, 2011. I very much remember that as Front Street era <laughs> Hotel Dusk. No. No. The first one? Yeah. Hotel Dusk was January 2007. Wow. When huh. when was Ghost Trick? Uh, 20, end of 2010, 2011. Okay. All right. That's far enough away. Bring back Go- Hotel Dusk as well. Yeah, while you're at it. Just they while make, you're at, while you're out there. Did they make more of those? I think there was a two, wasn't there? I don't know. There was definitely some kind of follow-up to Hotel Dusk. I'm not sure it ever came out in the U.S. Uh, I don't remember. The Last Window, The Secret of Cape West mm. is the sequel, mm. which did not come out here. 
That's uh, what I thought. Yeah. I remember there were some calls for that game to come out here, and I'm, I think they went unheeded. Came out in Europe. So okay. You might be able to play it in English if you really wanted to track it down. I bet there's some websites that can help you. Um, that, uh, that ghost trick is going to be coming to the PC as well via Steam. And also uh, uh, Xbox and, and PS4. Just fun. Ghost That's trick. a fun game. Ghost trick. Ghost, That's ghost cool. trick. It's a good game. game. Um, last last big thing in my mind from the direct is they're adding Game Boy games to the online service. Sure, of course. Sure. Why wouldn't they do that? Sure. Get Game Boy Come Advance. On. If you got the uh, the paid version, need, need people to keep paying. You mean you mean the upgraded version? The upgraded version. Yeah. The are they still calling that? What are they calling that? Oh. I forget the exact expansion terminology. Pack. I know it because I don't have it. Expansion pack. Expansion pack. Okay. Yes. Same. I keep thinking about giving them the money, even though I don't need them to give me N64 emulation. <laughs> I can find my way to do that. Yeah. Actually, N64 is the one that, the, the one platform on there that I don't just have easy access to elsewhere. But anyway, Tetris. 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 Have you heard Tetris. of Tetris for the Game Boy? No, I have heard of Tetris. It is now playable Music on type Nintendo Switch B. Online. Uh, yeah, pretty solid list here. Super Mario Land Two, Six Golden. No Super Mario Land One though. No, <laughs> I was more of a one person myself. Six Golden Coins, uh, Link's Awakening DX. Obviously, you need that. Uh, Metroid Two, a good one to have. Gargoyle's Quest, I remember hearing, was pretty cool. Gargoyle's Quest is awesome. Yeah, I, I never played that one, but I remember people yeah. going like, hey, this is legit. That might be one of the better Game Boy games out there, I'm just going to say. I don't know much of anything about Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. Neither do I. Seems like a weird inclusion here. Maybe New I'm Nightmare, same as the old Nightmare. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. Wes Craven's Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um... Game Boy Advance games also on here. Uh, Mario Advance 4, which is Mario 3. Mario Kart Super Circuits. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, an amazing game. That's a great game. The Legend of Zelda, The Minish Cap, also a great game. Mm-hmm. The first WarioWare. And Kudu Kudu Kududin. What's that? I don't know. Okay. I have heard that name for years, and I don't really have an answer for you <laughs> beyond that. I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> Uh yeah, those are those are those are good ones. Yeah, it's it's fine. I'm sure they'll add more over time. Yeah, they uh, they have according to this uh article on the Verge you linked here. There's some more other like uh, Metroid Fusion, um uh, Fire Emblem, uh Fire Emblem Golden Sun, F Zero, Maximum Velocity, and Kirby and the Amazing Mirror are those, coming soon. Yeah, those were teas. They're not out yet. Metroid Fusion, very good game. Yeah. So wait, which one got remade recently? It's uh, mm. which 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 is the one that was um, that not Fusion? I don't remember no, on the DS, on the 3DS. They the one they brought over was that oh two? oh oh like like five ish years ago? Yeah, like, so, some, some years yeah, those back. Two. Yeah, those two. Those two. Yes, that was that was the Game Boy game, okay. which is on here. Metroid Two: yes. Return of Samus is on here on Game Boy, but that remake is very good. Yeah, I never played that. I, it was good. I liked it. I remember playing that during something when I was in San Francisco. It must have been Game of the Year or something, if that's when it released. Uh, what are we going to get? 
when are we gonna get 3ds stuff over on the switch mm, that gonna happen i don't know i don't like know that, that zelda that link game uh uh was it uh that's something was it the tears the the past the the link to the past but not a link to the past link, link between worlds between worlds that game needs to come out somewhere because that game's amazing that game rules like that's one of the games that i would say is actually better with 3d i mean yeah. you, could, you could do it you certainly could do it but that one really felt like it was made for the 3ds it can't get stuck on the 3ds though it needs to the music in that game is too good to be stuck there mm. like that game needs those to games, find a those way are off. some games that will require like the ds will require some retrofitting to exist in that environment though use the um nintendo's weird vr thing and then uh uh nintendo the virtual this, boy no they're like they're cardboard oh, vr right yes where you can the was cardboard that, wasn't that wasn't, wasn't that part of labo I think god probably. remember labo Fucking yeah labo man. man yeah that's why you don't trust nintendo to follow through uh, somebody's still making guitars on labo somewhere i remember everybody getting a really 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 excited for labo and i was like man gotta go to a kid's store this stuff is out there mm-hmm. you can make this stuff labo's out there it's still a threat there was quite a hubbub around the labo announcement and then it just kind of came and went yeah well the thing about labo like every other kid's thing you get is once you've built a thing what are you going to do with this giant cardboard robot you mm-hmm. now have or this backpack you now have mm-hmm. it's gonna probably go in the trash i wonder if dan reichert still has all his labo stuff he made or if he was like or I, if it has all been recycled yes hopefully hopefully um yeah nintendo direct announcements and delivering some games like metroid prime remaster brad you have uh put this psychonauts documentary the release of their hell yeah gigantic documentary 22 hours holy cow psych odyssey psych odyssey um i believe this was doled out episodically for kickstarter backers or was it fig backers at this point anybody know i I think that was a fig thing yes um i think it was fig by the time this happened uh they dumped the whole thing on youtube yes this is the successor to the double fine adventure documentary which is basically one of the best things in video games Calling calling this a documentary feels like it is actually <laughs> underselling it. This is uh, a fucking 22-hour epic. Yeah, I mean, Double Fine Adventure, I believe that was the name of the documentary, was 12, 12 hours. And yeah. even that was pretty comprehensive. Like, I cannot recommend that thing enough. I have not started watching this one yet. But, like, it is the most in-depth and raw look at game development I have ever seen. Like, it's crazy. Like, they do not hold back with, like, financial troubles and burnout and all kinds of you know hurdles uh that got in the way of broken age getting done um i would expect no less from this one same production company two-player productions did this watch it (laughs) that's all i have to say (laughs) yeah when i when i find a spare 22 hours i will absolutely sit down and watch this thing it is just it feels very daunting oh it's i mean it's episodic it's like you can watch one and be done if you're not into it but I also think this is the kind of thing you can do when, despite your troubled development, you manage to put out a product people are generally pretty happy with. Yeah. It is a little harder to sell when it is something people, like, when it all went bad in the end. Yes. 
and in the end of in, in the end with Psychonauts too, that game turned out incredibly well and was well regarded. And I think I mean I don't know how well it sold, but I'm sure Game Pass did a lot to at least get that game in front of people. Um, but if that thing had bombed out in a bad way, I'm not sure that people would be as interested in watching a 22 hour docu series unless it was a spectacular flame out. Yeah, you never know. I mean, there's all kinds of ins and outs. Even the mundane can be very interesting when it's a look into a world that we don't normally get a lot of visibility into. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how transparent they are during the sales stuff, the Microsoft acquisition, how behind the scenes, I'm sure there's some stuff they just cannot put in there, but I wonder, you know, that must've been, Oh, you couldn't put that in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like the first documentary straight up has stuff in there where like they ran way over budget and behind schedule on that game. And so their biz dev guy is out there frantically looking to drum up any deals he can on existing stuff and existing IP, like selling existing games in other territories, just trying to bring more money in to keep development going. You know, it's like, it's fascinating and kind of brutal. Um, I also wonder, this is the kind of thing you can do when you are as fiercely independent as double fine was for Mm. its entire independent duration. Yeah. Which has ceased. Yes. Now that they're part of Microsoft, I have no idea what they're doing next, but like, I wonder if Microsoft lets them do this again. I I bet if this brings like positive attention back toward the studio and like, you know, in people speak highly of this thing, I bet they could probably make a pitch to Microsoft to say, let us do this again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Phil Spencer is not that he's necessarily making decisions at that level, but he's very savvy about hearts and minds and stuff like that. So I could see, I could see somebody at Microsoft going like, yeah, you know, we should, we should just let them be transparent because this does a lot for reputation building. Hell, maybe we should just build an in-house and documentary team. Why not? I mean, so I, Double Fine has some kind of relationship with two-player. Yeah, ongoing. I was just not, looking that up. I looked it up earlier. They didn't like acquire them or anything, but I think they were straight up working full-time out of the Double Fine office for a very long time or something like that. Oh, you know what? Actually, one of the, I, one of the two founders of two-player also ended up becoming a level designer on Psychonauts 2. There it is. In the course of this. So they are pretty deeply intertwined Mm -hmm. at this point. It's cool. I wish more stuff like this happened. Yeah. It certainly won't be a backer reward for Double Fine's next game. That's for Uh, sure. Yeah. Whatever happens. But yeah, that stuff's neat. I'm going to probably, that seems like a thing I need to find the right factory building game and put that on in the background um, to uh, watch. That stuff's cool. And making games is hard. And, yes. And getting stuff out the door is hard. So, uh, I'm like, I'm with you, Alex. I'm glad it kind of Psychonauts turned out all right. There was a, yes. there was a while there where I wasn't sure if Psychonauts. None of us turn were. Out, <laughs> turned out all right. Nobody was. Yeah. Uh, that's available now. You can go check it out on YouTube if you haven't seen it yet already. There's a playlist with all of them in there. Uh, finally here, a bit of smaller news, just kind of weird news uh, about Game Pass and Microsoft and reporting and life, death, life, rebirth, um, all that crap. So, uh, you know, the setup here for this kind of smaller thing is um, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with Microsoft right now, not the least of which is there. um their scrutiny by the UK Competition and Markets Authority, looking at you know what its consolidation look like and what is um, what is you know basically the Call of Duty problem mm-hmm. <laughs> look like. 
And in the past, Microsoft, specifically Phil Spencer, I think, has gone out of his way to say Game Pass is uh, does not affect sales. Actually, we see an up, uptick or an uplift with more people playing a game. It kind of it kind of helps out. But Brad, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. It sounds like in a filing, Microsoft is saying that's not necessarily the case all the time. Yes, Brendan Brendan Sinclair doing what he does best, <laughs> doing the hard reporting. Digging up this quote from Phil Spencer from 2018, <laughs> straight up saying, oh, putting him on Game Pass just makes him sell more. Um, tucked into, yes, tucked into this report, this UK government report about the pending merger acquisition is an admission that games that go on Game Pass see a drop in sales for at least 12 months after going on Game Pass. Which, duh? <laughs> I feel like we all kind of assumed yeah, this to some it's, degree. It's not some great revelation, right? You know, it's this is a report filed by Microsoft. Um, oh, so I, know, I think the, the report was assembled by the UK Commission, but that was submitted by Microsoft yeah, according to their so, internal analysis. So this is Microsoft submitting this. It's hard to tease some of this apart with what they want to show. I, I mean, listen, I'm not saying they're not being fully honest here or truthful, but, you know, I think they want to paint a picture that says Game Pass uh, is not going to cause more domination in, in a marketplace uh, if, if we have if we have this thing like Call of Duty. Uh, what's the competition space look like between a PlayStation storefront and this? And actually, you know, things don't sell as well. It might even be a detriment to the, the Microsoft sale of these things if it's first party. I saw some more analysis digging around that said this is this is maybe more complicated than that statement leads on to believe. With some games coming on late, some games, you know, having a lot yeah. of DLC, you know, uh, uh, subscription stuff. It's it might not just be as clear as. Going on Game Pass is a detriment to sales. You know, there's there's um, deals that are made, compensation that is made, you know, for certain games. It's, that, it's, that's the thing you've really got to tease out, which we won't be able to, because I'm sure the terms of those deals are generally not going to ever be public uh, unless no. something really goes wrong. But, like, what is the actual loss versus the upfront money? Right. Yeah. And you know, long or tail on these things and what, where was the game at when it went to game pass? Like obviously first party stuff for Microsoft is day and date, but that's not the case for everything. Some stuff comes on and and shifts around. So I don't know. It's going to be one mega corp eventually. Get ready. Yeah. Pick your side. Pregnant, pregnant, pregnant pause. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, yeah, this thing, I don't know what else to say about yeah. it other than just, yeah, I guess I'm siding with Microsoft. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like when the wars come, I, I got to pick a side. So I guess yeah. I'm going with them. They're going to equip you with a hollow lens on the battlefield. So you can. yeah, it'll be better than the Nintendo's, uh, uh, Labo, uh, VR. Uh, but maybe, but hey, listen, maybe PlayStation's VR 2 is going to be awesome. And maybe that's the one you'll want to go, go in on and get. So, yeah, that's the kind of the small update in, in that thing. Much more news coming, I think, later this year from Microsoft and um, the whole merger acquisition Activision Blizzard news. Yeah, we've only got about five months until that deal has to close or not. Yeah. I saw, you know, some stuff based off of the last... The statements that have been coming out both in the UK and here, 
quote unquote, now you can't see this in your quotes, but I'm saying, um, analysts saying that they think it's going to go through. So I don't know. I really, I can't read the tea leaves on this stuff. I don't have enough information. I have no idea. Yeah. That's, that's been my presumption from the get go until we're proven wrong, but stuff, stuff does get blocked here and there. So, yeah. My cynical view is always like, I don't know, business finds a way. Money money finds oh, a yes, way. Oh, yes, it does. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's my cynical take on it. Maybe it's not so cynical anymore. But yeah, we'll see. Again, more of that stuff in the future and more news in the future, I'm sure. That's going to do it for our news section for this week. Plenty of games to play. And as if they keep announcing them and dropping them, like Hi-Fi Rush and uh, Metroid Prime's remaster, I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah yeah keep going let's do more of that sure Sure. surprise me who's up next sony let's go what do you got have a we need a give me that ape escape finally (laughs) state of play just drop something it's just all ape escape all the time here you go Uh, (laughs) out now i will side with you in the corpo wars if you bring me ape escape (laughs) he's easily bought microsoft fuck that shit throw it in the (laughs) trash give me the ape escape i'm in Give me an ape net. Let's go. Would you, uh, what, what, how would you feel about an ape escape in VR? Can I, can I fuck it? Do I have a little vacuum cleaner? I can suck the monkey pants off in VR. Yes. Okay. I'm in. All right. Just an ape in one hand, a lightsaber in the other. Yep. I'm washing filthy monkey pants in VR. In VR. This is is what VR was built for. That's going to do it for the news, but we also have an email address. That email address is podcast at nextlander.com. Podcast at nextlander.com. You can send us. You could be the news. You can send us questions, tidbits, information. Notions. Concepts. (laughs) Send them over to podcast at nextlander.com. Brad Shoemaker, got got any nuggets in there? Sure. Here's a couple of emails. Give me a nugget. Here's one from Martin. I just finished God of War Ragnarok and saw that Alex Navarro had a special thanks. What's up with that? So I have not looked into this deeply, um, but my impression is that there is someone that works at Sony Santa Monica who also has my name. Oh, that's way less interesting. I think it might be someone that works in like PlayStation legal or or somewhere in the background of PlayStation stuff. Huh. Okay, that's could be or if you look really closely at some of the parts of ragnarok you can hear alex drumming uh uh, you see him drumming in the background i do know a couple of people who work at that studio but uh i am not close enough to any of them to think that they would have any reason to thank me in the credits for that game so i'm pretty sure it's not me boring sorry no shade to the alex navarro who works over there i I also don't know if I if that's the same Alex. It, it must. It can't be because Tunic isn't on PlayStation, right? Uh, yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, it came out eventually. Did you get okay. specially thanked in there? There is a there is a thank you to Alex Navarro in Tunic, and I'm not sure if that one is me or not. That uh, one I I know less. I'm less certain about. You did book that E3 couch. I did. But, I do know some people that worked on that game. To, you know, to some degree. So. Uh, I, yep. it could be, I just, I, if it's, if it is intended to be me, thank you. I don't know why you did it, but thank you. If it isn't. I mean, I'm just going to say right here, Alex Navarro getting out there and, uh, uh, elevating games like Tunic 
and God of War uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, my favorite. There was both of my top ten lists last year. Uh, Bringing (laughs) them. uh, I'm just saying that uh, going out there and spreading the word. I don't know who would have known about God of War if you hadn't gotten out there and started. uh, This Kratos fella. It's all me. It's all me. Spread the word out there. Thanks, Alex. I have noticed in the last few years there has been a severe uptick in people with my name. And I think it's more just that people who are like who have my name are now old enough to have their own social media accounts and do stuff. It used to be me, a fitness model, and this one guy who I think plays piano. And that was the entirety of the search traffic for Alex Navarro. And now the waters have been massively muddied by other people taking my name. I'm just going to have to start using your full name. Or or the initials. Maybe now is the time to switch to A.A. Navarro. No, not unless you're going to write your novel. We'll I, save it. Save maybe it. that'll be the thing that starts yeah. it off. I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to say you've been doing this for around 20 years now. So yeah. who knows that the people out there... There's also a fighting say- game player who only uses his real name, and it's Alex Navarro. Okay, I'm just there gonna is, say... There is a, a guy who's been in the FGC for years that has that name. People naming their kids after you. They really liked your reviews from GameSpot. So they well, like, hey, sp- speaking of which, mm-hmm. question from Noel. Uh-huh. Double Fine dropped that new documentary series about the making of Psychonauts 2, which I've started digging into. The first episode features a clip of the GameSpot review of Psychonauts featuring one Alex Navarro. Oh, God, I saw that going around. Is it weird seeing work you've done over the years pop up in various places? I have so little connection to that era of my life and writing and stuff. Not because I'm like ashamed of it or unhappy with it in any way. It's just been so goddamn long. And like I did so many reviews during that time that they all kind of blur together at a certain point. So yes, I do remember that I reviewed Psychonauts. I didn't remember that I did a video review for it, but there it is. I'm sorry. Video review. Video review. (laughs) But yeah, seeing myself with the goat and the backwards (laughs) baseball cap, I was always a black hoodie guy, so that part isn't that surprising. But There's there's something extremely Northern California about (laughs) that whole thing. Oh yeah, I am a product of my environment, 100%. But yeah, it's just very weird seeing that stuff. I I I have no no shame of it, but also I just don't ever know how to feel when that stuff crops up. I mean, that stuff is so um, kind of transitory, you know. Like some of it's still out there; you can still get to some of that content on Gamespot, but a lot of it is just kind of lost to time now. You know, a lot like of the, can, like the highest profile stuff is still up there, but some of the smaller stuff just never got picked back up when they went through one to redesign or another. Um, yeah, any, anything that was kind of like programmatically part of the database there reviews previews videos attached to games you can pretty much still get to but a lot of the feature stuff is just mm. blown away in the wind by, by now uh brad if you see footage from um psychonauts development are you going to keep an eye out for your desk hmm hmm could you recognize mm. it on it's screen like psychonauts one yeah i'm yeah. trying to remember when Gosh, I had a friend working there at the time, like when I moved out here 20 fucking years ago. Um, they were in a parking garage. Their office was a parking garage. They straight up had a bunch of desks in a literal parking garage. <laughs> I don't remember. I do not remember the circumstances of how I came by this desk from Double Fine. But I think this might, that might have been directly post-Psychonauts. I can't remember. Okay. I think I think this game was I mean this sorry this desk was used in the production of that game yes 
You should take a picture of uh, of the desk so that people can try and hunt it down in the documentary and see if they can find match up the grain pattern. Because uh, um, when I was scrolling mm. through, there is a lot of four by three footage from the making of Cyclonauts. Huh. Yeah, okay. I also okay. I think my version of that is that at one point I took on Anna Kipnis's old futon, which I had <laughs> for years after the okay. fact, which she had apparently had for many many years prior to that. So. so I didn't I didn't get to go to that fire sale. I sent one of my roommates who was not even didn't even work in games at all. Like I was preoccupied, but I was like, hey, they're selling a bunch of furniture for super cheap. If you want to go check this out, and he went mm-hmm. and bought stuff. Apparently, missed a fucking ten dollar banjo by like twenty minutes. Somebody Aww. was selling a banjo for ten bucks there. <laughs> I would, I would extremely pay ten dollars for a banjo at any moment. That would have been a good one. Your it's, Psychonauts banjo. It's haunted me for years. Ah, uh, I gotta watch that documentary. It's great. Some point. Some point. It's all great. If you if you want to just see how the sausage is made, that's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. I do no. love sausage. I want to. I just want to critique the sausage, mm-hmm. crush lives. Uh, Brad, do you have any feelings about seeing old footage pop up in weird places? Mm, I think we've talked about it before. I I ended up in Indie Game the movie briefly <laughs> from the Giant Bomb era. Yeah, there's like a weird there's it's them watching a Giant yes. Bomb video, right? Yeah, the so Super like, Meat Boy I guys. I think it's like a Giant Bomb video shot off a screen, basically. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a little weird. I don't know. That was so weird. long. Even that was so long ago at this point. You know what they say? I think it's Austin Walker who's fond of saying the past is a foreign country, and True. it is. It's a time where you don't necessarily have a, the same connection to the way you lived and the way you know others around you lived as you do with what you have now. And that's how I feel going back to that stuff is that, like, I recognize it. I can see things that I f- are familiar to me, but it still feels deeply foreign to me in a yeah. way. You're not even physically the same person you were then. No. I'm several pounds heavier and several hair follicles lighter. Well, I mean, all the all the matter in your body has mm-hmm. cycled out since then. I, uh, I I think some of the weirdest stuff technically for me is like, who to whom would they set, ask permission for that footage? At what point in the cycle did, did they ask? Were they asking CBS Interactive, Red Ventures? Like who who signs off on that stuff at that point? You know and, what? Honestly, in the in the spirit of the watch cast, I'm going to say it is better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. I bet I bet they asked to use it from somewhere. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, I but that's the thing. Who I like you said, what is the ownership on that shit? I I, I, I guess it's fandom know. now. But like, when did they yeah. put in that request? Was it during the Red Ventures? I don't time? know. That's, Was it during the CBS time? That's what I'm saying. That's what's so weird about it is like you know, like you go to saying like every part. <laughs> this is maybe a darker do- thought than I, I should go down. But Brad, you saying every part of you is, is repl- every cell is replaced and regenerated. Kind of, you could say that about GameSpot as well, right? Like mm-hmm. every, every, every cell of GameSpot has probably cycled over at some point. Several times over. T- 25, 25, 30, 30 years. Uh, no, 96. no, it hasn't been that long, but uh, getting there. Yeah, we're Actually, getting there. We're close Actually, to 30, but we're not getting, there yet. Coming up on 30. Think they'll do something for thirty? They should. I no. don't think so. I don't know. Maybe Vince. Never comes, say never. Vince comes back, does an interview. <laughs> By God, that's Joe Fielder's music. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other emails, Brad? Got a really good one. I'm not sure if I should burn it or save it. Nah, let's do it. All right, fine. 
fine. It's so good, though. Mm-hmm. It's from Yakov. Okay. In Fort Ticonderoga, New York, there is a tourist attraction where people have gone out of their way to fully recreate the original series of Star Trek set. I think I've heard about this before. They've apparently used the blueprints from the original sets and how it was set up, and it has the stamp of approval from CBS. Our tour guide was telling us that when William Shatner tours the set with a group, he breaks at least one thing, and that many things on the set have been Shatnered. Okay. They're also working on a Next Generation set that they're hoping to open sometime in the summer. I attached a couple of photos as it was so much fun to tour. Uh, and listening to the Watchcast has brought back a lot of fun memories of watching the original series. Is there a world where the Next Lander crew all stands on the bridge together? Oh, yeah. Is, I mean, that world is, exists. Where is Fort Ticonderoga, Ticonderoga is my first question. I want to say that's Western New York, but I'm not. I'm looking this up. Did you, okay. did you look at these photos? I did look at the photos. The photos are. It, it looks legit. That looks pretty good. Like, they've got engineering in here. Yeah. Like, the bridge, of course, but I did not expect them to have, like, what looks like full-size main engineering from the original series. Okay, it is fa- it is central eastern New York, okay. so it is right on the Vermont border. Ooh, that sounds far away. But it's, I mean, from the city, I'm guessing that's probably, like, a six-hour drive. Hmm. I mean... There's a world. There's a world. If there, if that next generation set really does come together, I may have to make the trip at some point. If you come out here, we will road trip up there together. I will drive us. Vinny won't have to drive. No, please, please drive me. Um, can you touch stuff? Can you shatter something? Yes, there are people sitting in the captain's chair here and so forth. Okay, probably appreciate it if you don't break anything. I just want to touch the buttons. Even, you know, even though it is like on the next gen stuff, it is literally just like a flat panel. I just want to touch the light ups. Also, there are people here wearing Starfleet uniforms, unclear if they are guests or tour guides. Probably tour guides. Probably. Think you could be a uh, tour guide for one of those places? Mm, I don't know. Retire and be like, ah, on the weekends, I do tours of the next generation set. Maybe. I think I think I hold enough institutional knowledge of Star Trek to be a tour guide at a thing like this, not a like actual historian of the franchise. You can you can kind of bone up on it, right? Yeah, yeah. the stuff yeah. I don't know we're getting to now. Yeah, with the, with, with the watchcast, so I feel like I'll be there by a certain point. Yeah, that's fun, man. There's a lot of weird stuff in this world, huh? Yeah, <laughs> should watch Trekkies at some point. Oh, that Trekkies is, man. I'm wondering if that if that actually is still holds up as like a fun documentary, or if it feels a little too point and laugh at the nerds. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Like, boy, George Takei is on one in that thing. Yes, he is with 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 the way he talks about some of the fans. Oh man, there is definitely a serious degree of point and laugh in that thing. And some of it, I think, it, some of those people are very over the top in their love, but I also feel like all of it is fairly innocent. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought thing is pretty old at this point, right? It was 90, 98, 99, somewhere around there. God, is it that old? Yeah. It was a late 90s documentary, oh, yeah. I know that. Wow, 97, geez. That's before documentaries almost existed. Okay, now come on. <laughs> you know what I saw? Okay. 
Yes. I don't know how, how fond, and fond you guys are of, of documentaries. I don't, I don't want to hold us up from finishing this episode, but do you know who Errol Morris is? Yes. Oh, the name is familiar. Uh, famous documentarian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you seen those fucking Chipotle commercials where, like, they're talking to people who work at Chipotle, and then there's a weird old man who sometimes asks the employee a question or asks them to repeat something, and it's kind of weird? No. Okay, well, that's the current line of commercials for Chipotle. Okay. That's Errol Morris. They got Errol Morris to do Chipotle commercials. Oh, man. Huh. Why? Dude, securing that bag. I don't know. <laughs> Documentary <laughs> filmmaking doesn't it doesn't necessarily like a huge fucking, you know, financial boon for anyone. Yeah, I mean, why he would do it is obvious. The question is really why would they hire him? That's a that feels very much like an ad agency stunt mm. play more than anything else. But it is very weird to hear Earl Morris say things <laughs> like the soundtrack of Chipotle? <laughs> what do you mean by that? I um I wouldn't recognize Errol Morris if you... I didn't initially yeah. either. And then some people started talking about that being Errol Morris. I was like, that has to be a joke. It's not. Man. I forget what we were talking about recently. Now we're on a tangent. Uh, but uh, uh, people were linking, I think in our Discord, the um, uh, uh, beans... Was it the, the, the fresh corn commercial or fresh food commercial that... Uh, uh, What's-his-face did... Um, Citizen Kane, what is the name? Uh, Orson, Orson Welles. Wells. Orson Welles, that commercial, that recording, that's kind of like that outtake where he's like, mm-hmm. you know, the depths of your ignorance. <laughs> he's doing like the fresh corn like, commercial. I'm. You can't say those two words together. Nobody says in July. <laughs> From the time in July. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just, it's like, what a fucking ass and like. An amazing piece of recorded history. I love Orson Welles so much in every era of Orson Welles, including his drunk getting a check (laughs) era. But also, yeah. (laughs) If anybody hasn't seen it, it's ridiculous. Nobody has ever given less of a shit than Orson Welles. (laughs) (laughs) And been celebrated for giving that little of a shit. Uh, Then, of course, uh, people were talking about the Pinky and the Brain complete word-for-word reenactment of that uh, Mm -hmm. whole recording, which is like... Well, there's also the critic bit where they they do the, you know, rosebud frozen peas (laughs) and green penis. Wait a minute, that's terrible. (laughs) I don't think I saw that. So, anyway, that reminded me of, hey, listen, famous people have been shilling for shit. Oh yeah, since, uh, since the dawn. It's just of that time. one really struck me in a weird yeah. way. I was like, "Oh, cool, yeah." The famous documentarian, Hawkins Chipotle. Yeah, nothing against Chipotle. It's uh, in ter- relative to the other fast food places and nightmares surrounding. No, it all sucks fast food in places. the way that a lot of other fast food sucks. It's just that it's slightly better fast food. I ate a lot of that Chipotle that was by Second Street, wherever that was. By the yeah, uh, look, um, I'm not above a burrito bowl. I'm not going to stand here and pretend that I have no interest. I'll put guac and sour cream on my burrito. It's okay. It's okay. I'll double up the fat. It's all right. That's going to do it for our podcast. That's going to do it for our emails. That's going to do it for our news. That's going to do it for the games we're talking about. It's not going to do it for the rest of the content we have going on this week. Like the Watchcast, which is currently up with Demolition Man with one Tamar Hussein coming in. 
to enlighten us all about Demolition Man and his love for Demolition Man. His almost, dare I say, bottomless love for Demolition Man. Help Tam get a frozen Sylvester Stallone uh, mannequin in his house, is what I'm saying. You can find out more details about that by checking out Demolition Man over on our Patreon currently, patreon.com slash nextlander. If you're keeping up with the WatchCast, next week is going to be uh, keeping, up with, <laughs> keeping up with our 90s, goofy 90s sci-fi Free Jack. Uh-huh. We're find Free Jacking, baby. Find out where Free Jack ranks on our list. Uh-huh. <laughs> on our ongoing list. Mine might be higher than you think, but not that much higher. Uh, again, you can check that over uh, at uh, patreon.com slash nextlander. There's a bunch of stuff there. Never Been a Better Podcast is up there now with Abby Russell and Dan Riker. You got the Ramble cast going up over there. You got the Watch cast getting up there a week early. You can find the Watch cast also on the same uh, uh, places you find this podcast, but if you want to stay current, up to date with your 90s goofy sci-fi, then you got to go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. A bunch of different tiers there, but there is one tier that gets their names read on this here show, and that is the Mysterious Benefactor tier, and I will take the big inhale <gasps> and read those names right now. Starting with R.R.E. John Richardson, Vornak, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's classic midsize hoodoo voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Hashtag Bunny Crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Razgriz2, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, It's a Me, Dario the Sicario, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos and Tyler Trees. Those are our mysterious benefactors for this week. Big thanks to all of them. And a big thanks to everyone who has supported us over at patreon.com slash nextlander. That's going to do it for this week's show. They thank everybody. I think I so. believe I did. I think you covered it. Couldn't do it without him. You guys know that. It's good. It's good to remind everybody. Did you thank? Yes, salami. I thank you, salami. Okay, like a genuine, like a like a thin slice salami, or just a stick. Any and all. Any and all salami. Hey, salami. Thanks for watching us on Twitch and going to YouTube, spreading a good word out there, getting everybody to tune in. Some people say your cholesterol is a problem, but you know what? You're welcome here, salami. Thanks. Thanks for being a delightful snack. You're maybe a little (laughs) greasy, but you know. You pair well. Uh, that's going to do it for our show. Don't forget to check out the rest of the stuff we got going on this week, including what I'm going to call the grand finale of Breakout 13's Part 2. Fight! I think that's what it's called. Yes. Fight. I think we're going to finish it. I'm pretty I sure we're going to finish it. I don't think there's a Part 3. I don't think there's a Part 3. We'll find out at the end of Part 2. You can come join us on Friday to check that out. Some of the games we talked about here, you might find us playing on this week's Grab Bag 
of games we're gonna we're gonna pull out there uh that's coming up on thursday and if you missed it on monday uh you can catch up with where we are in our hitman freelancer runs the answers might shock you or not i don't know you can check that out that's currently up in the archive like i said watchcast ramblecast and you're listening to the next lander flagship show the podcast the next lander podcast flagship show that's right I wrote, I wrote the word flagship in a Google Doc once. <laughs> flagship <Long> show. <laughs> Review. Uh, thanks, Alex. Thanks, Brad. That time I did a little pause, but then I kept moving. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Brad. We'll be back with more from Next Lander and the flagship show, the podcast. Yeah. Next week. <laughs>